Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I saw Mikey kissing Mrs. Mrs. Claus, Mrs. Claus underneath the mistletoe last night. She didn't see him go out the window to the snow. He bailed again like goats of Christmas past from long ago. And Paige and Todd are gonna Just like chestnuts on your open fire So here's the friends you know Romancing in the pod show Mikey kissing Mrs. Claus last night Thank you for tuning in to Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Paige made us watch... The, the Preacher's, Preacher's Wife. Wife. So, Paige, tell us why you picked this movie. Okay, I had never seen this movie before, but it is incredibly famous, and the soundtrack yes. is incredibly famous. Of course. And it was one that I knew we would have to do at some point because it's like, it's Whitney Houston. It's one of the multiple Whitney Houston romance movies, and we have not done any yet. I can't believe we haven't done The Bodyguard. Is that the one you're thinking about? Oh, God, we got to do Bodyguard. I had forgotten about that, and somebody asked me in the Facebook group, and I was like, I will do this. I promise I will do this on the show. Um, I did do Waiting to Exhale on Black Card Rehab. Yeah, okay. I'm McCready. And we will eventually do that for sure. Uh, but for this one, I had never seen it. Didn't realize it was a Christmas movie until I was looking up Christmas movies like a week ago. And it came up and I was like, Christmas romance. Oh, my God. And then I read the <laughs> the synopsis because I was like, this is one of the most famous soundtracks ever. I've definitely sung some of these arrangements in choirs. Like, oh, of course. Let's, let's do this, right? So then I looked up the synopsis and it's like Denzel Washington is an angel and then they have like an emotional affair. And I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? Yep. So that's why I picked it. Because I was like, there is a high chance for some bonkersness, but also we get to hear Whitney Houston sing. And so that's probably going to be pretty fun. Uh, so that's why I chose it. Did I enjoy watching it? No. There are some <laughs> things I enjoyed, like hearing Whitney Houston sing. Yeah. But this movie is, A, two hours long. Yes. It's long. So it feels like a Hallmark movie where there's like literally 20-minute chunks where I'm like, I don't think anything's happening. Yes, and there's like 12 plots going on, and like a bunch of them don't have a ton of bearing on the overall story. Because like the overall story is... Courtney B. Vance has put his family by the wayside to try and make this church successful. And maybe he's doing it for the wrong reasons because it's about him personally feeling like he's accomplished something instead of just truly helping people. That's your main story. Right. And then within that you have, because he's kind of ignored his family, Whitney Houston is having to grapple with, you know, do I still love this person 
how do we get through this as a couple? Okay, great. Interesting. Those two go together. That's an interesting story. Then you have the weird layer of an angel kind of like inciting their affair, which is weird, but still kind of goes. Like it's wild because we are sort of watching Denzel Washington date the preacher's wife. (laughs) Okay, but who wouldn't fuck Denzel Washington? Oh my God, of course. But also, I also think Courtney B. Vance is attractive. Maybe that's just me, but I think he's good looking. No, he's a handsome dude, even with the weird mustache. But it's like it's like semi-pro to pro league. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Denzel Washington is like, for like many, many years, one of the most attractive men probably in the world. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no, not not deny it but so like so that plot line kind of fits but is still weird but that's like hallmark weird i'm like this is perfect christmas weird but then on top of that you have the secretary who's also with the other guy which is loretta divine in in a minuscule role which is too bad because she's hilarious but she's great in it though she kills she's great in it. yeah uh pretending to not be able to sing that's very funny <laughs> then, then you've got their kid and his best friend who goes to child protective services and comes back hakeem yeah, you've got Hakeem. Then you've got Billy, who's like ha- is going to go to prison for something he didn't do, and we see that he didn't do it. Yeah, he absolutely didn't. And then we've got Gregory Hines not dancing at all in this movie. Don't know what that's about. Uh, <laughs> closing the community center, but also he's got this big development that he's building. There's all of that is also happening. But then every once in a while, we just pause for Whitney Houston to sing the most beautiful songs ever. And so you're just kind of like, what what is really happening here? So like unfocused is a word I would use to describe this film. It needs a real strong editor is what I would say. Yeah, probably. You could could cut an hour out of it. I wanted her to get knocked up by Denzel Washington and have a Nephilim. Oh, wild. This is how it happens. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I felt like they didn't quite take that storyline far enough but it also felt weird as is so i was like when you do a half step in that direction yeah you either have to go all the way with it or like not do it at all as someone who has been accused of having an emotional affair with someone who i was not having an emotional affair with but upon looking back on it i could definitely see how they were having an emotional affair with me i felt bad for denzel in this movie As someone who has been someone's backup plan many times, I am an angel that blesses your life. (laughs) I would say Denzel is the one making it happen. Like, he's the one kind of pushing it. I don't think he realizes that, but yes, he definitely is. Well, it's Whitney Houston. Yes, it is. But at a certain point, he definitely realizes it. And she's going with him to all these things. And is like, well, my husband did that. Like, it's not like she's actively seeking his company. He's kind of inserting himself. And then at a certain point, like with the ice skating, I think he causes the traffic. Like, I think he starts to interfere. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it does like a decent job of showing how like you can be friends with the opposite sex, but then once you start getting like too close, like if one of them is married, things can get a little weird. You kind of like have to like put some distance there in that relationship. I think he is definitively trying to date her. Like it definitely seems that way. Like it's way more than just friends. I would have liked that movie better because that would be fucking bonk. But like, you know, the movie has, like, <laughs> like it bails itself so out. Mikey wants a version of this. It's just called An Angel Fucked My Wife. I, I want <laughs> It's a wonderful life where Clarence comes down and fucks everyone. <laughs> but, but that's that's what I mean by it. Like it's a weird half step where you're left debating. Yeah, because they because they'll be like, I have to go do this. Take my wife dancing, and I'm like, why would you tell him to do that first? And off? then get mad that he did. And that. then get mad. And I was like, 
you they just put that line in to like make it okay as like a backstop to like maybe people won't know it's weird if he's like take my wife out right i'm like you're a stranger from last week why would you tell him to take your wife out but he does that is weird though like who says this to a man as attractive as denzel washington yeah by all means take my wife dancing if that was like a Fugly angel who was coming down and like one wings clipped off. And he's got like- <laughs> so yeah, like if he's a meth addicted angel, yeah, I could <laughs> yeah. see maybe doing like that. the one, the one real crusty hormone monster at Big Mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would be so funny. That, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of that. I'm like, how attractive that person is, and be like, I'm, I've got plans tonight. Will you take my wife out, Brad Pitt? <laughs> no, yeah, like never do that. Yeah, I would be texting my wife. Do not hang out with Brad Pitt. It's not okay. <laughs> this is single tier Denzel Washington. Like this is the most far yes. Denzel has ever been. Oh, and yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just take my wife on a date. She's really an old bald and chain or whatever. Like, that's insane. And also, she's Whitney Houston. Right. Well, it's like, yeah, I'm like, I met a new friend. This is Ryan Reynolds. I'm, I've am i got called out for work tonight. <laughs> why don't you go to the nice dinner I bought us tickets to with Ryan Reynolds? And I'm like, why would you do that? Why? <laughs> so dumb that is so blatantly trying to get your wife to cheat because you want out of the relationship <laughs> like i almost wouldn't blame your wife mikey like i would get it yeah i'd be like yeah that was your husband very much giving you a hall pass that's like if my wife came home and she's like i went out shopping today and i met emily blunt and i need you like i'm bit I'm busy tonight and i know we had reservations take emily blunt with you and emily's <laughs> like This'll be great. Let's do it. Like she's super into it too. You, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, all right. I would I mean, I think I'd be back in a horror movie. Like, someone's gonna murder me tonight. Yeah, I, I would also assume that I was gonna end up in a bathtub full of ice. She's like, I've been working out. Here's my abs or whatever. Like you're just like uh. <laughs> Hey, uh, mm. I promised Emily Blunt I'd do couple stretching with her, but I'm busy. So, Mikey, do you mind if you do couple stretching with Emily Blunt? I'm going to go do this. What's couple stretching? Okay. Well, okay, sure. <laughs> I'm a helpful. I like to help people. <laughs> oh, can you take her to the intimate jazz tickets that we had at the jazz bar tonight? I hope it's not at Lionel Richie's club. I hear they dance on the ceiling there. <laughs> Intimate jazz tickets All jazz tickets are intimate That is true Mikey Friends don't go to jazz concerts The only jazz show I would ever go to is Jamiroquai That's not really jazz <sighs> it's not man jazz. It's technically know. acid jazz It's that's I that's a bullshit name That's it's <laughs> it's techno pop and you know it I love it though You know what's also fun? Electro swing Get into it Nope It's it's just swing music with house beats And I'm like here for it I hate that <laughs> unfortunately your date to jamiroquai canceled you'll have to go with my friend florence Pugh. <laughs> <laughs> honestly florence would be very safe on a friend date with me oh i think she's very talented i think she's gorgeous that's just me yeah yeah that's fine she's not my type apologies to to listeners you probably hear my cat in the background because we're in a hotel room and so there's nowhere else for the cat to go sorry about that yeah no it would be strange if Jake was like hey I can't make it to our anniversary dinner please take Chris Evans and Henry Cavill and I hope nothing bad happens 
Yeah. If Todd's right, it's basically like, I want out. Yeah. It is laying a trap for your spouse so you can get out of the relationship. Also, I'm handing you this box of condoms, but please don't use it. Yeah. Would you mind just <laughs> storing this on your person until later just tonight? Just hold it in your, in your purse and then bring it back home where we could use it. I want a version of the movie Knocked Up where a random person knocks up a celebrity. Yes. Set in Christmas time. Of course it's at Christmas time, yeah. Mikey, I'm going to need you to text me that, and then I will get back to you with rough drafts at some like point. That. We honestly should just call it Celebrity Knocked Up, like it's a reality TV show that was called Knocked Up, and then now we're doing a celebrity version of it. Hey, the manuscript I'm, I worked on for November is just tentatively titled, working title, Notting Hill for Fat Girls. So like, you know. I remember we like, had a whole conversation about it, and I'm here for it, Paige. I love yeah. that idea. I think it was a little classless of the preacher to have tried to solve all of his money problems with the church by pulling off a slip and fall at someone's house while delivering those baskets. <laughs> but when it works, it works, man. <laughs> Not only did he slip and fall and then he made Whitney Houston fall and like that's just putting the world's best voice in danger. Look. My fingernail's fixed. Yeah, your fingernail <laughs> does look better. Do you have anything to say about what we were talking about? <laughs> no, I didn't pay attention during the scene where he slipped. So I'm going to have a lot of random thoughts. We slipped and fell, but also we got mesothelioma from the boiler room. <laughs> why, could, why could you wait till next Christmas, boiler? I was like, calm down. Okay, guy. Yeah. I was just having shining flashbacks where I was like, everyone's going to die. If it would have blown up, he could have collected the insurance money and problems would have been solved. Yeah, but the church would be gone and that would be sad. You could rebuild it slightly smaller, but like you could pocket the rest. Slightly, slightly smaller? smaller. <laughs> I struggled because I, I woke up early to watch it and I struggled through it. I was like, I need interesting things to happen. Oh, I watched it last night Same. and was like, I kept checking the time on it because when i saw that it was two hours i was like two hours all right fine and then i was just checking the time and at a certain point i was like it's been an hour and fuck all has happened <laughs> you're right there's like, just too many plot lines you can't keep up with all of them the only one you're interested in is the bonkers ass denzel washington he and he disappears for 15 minutes at a time sometimes yeah i actually went and looked up a couple different reviews and all of them said the same thing. They're like, there's just way too many fucking plots in this movie. And I was like, yeah. okay, I feel vindicated. It's like love actually for me where I just can't emotionally connect to any of the plot lines. Yes, yes. It, it very much struggles from the love actually problem of if you try to do too many plot lines, you do all of them mediocre and none of them great. And mm -hmm. that's kind of the same thing here where I feel like if you cut it down to like three. All this makes me want to do is watch City of Angels. I've never seen City of Angels. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm going to give you the synopsis. I'm going to give you a, a, a short synopsis. So Nicolas Cage is an angel. Right. He starts watching Meg Ryan, and he's like, I want to be a real boy. So then he turns real to fuck Meg Ryan. I've never seen City of Angels. Me neither. I, I hadn't either. This was news for me, too. To see me. Because I don't think that she That song was not on a Third Eye Blind album. That's you Google had Dolls. to buy the City of Angels soundtrack to get that uh, the Google Dolls. Song. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say I was like, it's cause it wasn't Third Eye Blind. That's why it's not on a Third Eye Blind album. Yeah, Third Eye Blind only writes hits about doing math and getting blowjobs. Do 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 Dude, Third Eye Blind, 
Their first album, like seven great songs on it. Oh, agreed. Yeah, same. So many great songs on that first album. That is going to be my pick after Christmas, man. I cannot believe you all have not seen City of Angels. Oh, I'm going to guarantee you tears. I, I believe it. Mikey, I cried during this movie, and this movie is wild. But I, I You cried it. during this movie? Yeah. I'm I, I, I'm I did not cry this. during this movie. I was confused. I cried halfway through because I was like, I'd rather be playing resource management games. <laughs> I'd rather be doing someone else's digital chores. Yeah. I think it's funny um, that he literally is just dating the preacher's wife, he being Denzel, until she like, well, everyone except for their son, Jeremiah, who is adorable, just forgets about him. Like, yeah. Well, he says it at the beginning. Remember when he's done, everybody forgets him. Just like dating me. I know, but it's, but I guess my question would be, what else did they forget that he did? All of it. They don't know how any of it happened. Right. What were we not shown that he did mm. that they're also forgetting? Like, I think it's <laughs> irresponsible for an angel to have that amount of power. I don't think angels can get people pregnant. If you <laughs> have sex with an angel, is it cheating or is it just the Holy Ghost is inside of us all? Mikey, no. my question is, if you don't remember it, is it cheating? The questions like this is how I got kicked out of confirmation class and seminary. <laughs> <laughs> my, my frustration with this, as you well know, if you listen to cult podcast, uh, angels are not just dead people. Those are ghosts. Angels are their own types of yeah, beings. Their own, that have, they're their own beings. Yeah. Well, and there's like classes and orders. and They're their own beings with way too many eyes and a bunch of wings and like lion faces and feet and whatever. Like all they're supposed to be fucking terrifying. It's a movie trope that angels are dead people. Nicholas right. Cage is not a person. He is an angel. He has never been a person in the movie uh, City of Angels. Okay, cool. But I just needed Denzel to have way more eyes. <laughs> well, he's got one eye that we are not shown. Okay. It's on his penis. No. <laughs> so maybe we should just get into the movie so we can talk about it. Scene we by got scene. like 12 plots to get through. So this is Yeah, take we do bit. have a lot to discuss. So we open on kind of like a sky view of multiple different churches around the world yeah. singing around Christmas time and a voiceover by Jeremiah the Child. Now, this voiceover is fucking bonkers. It is. <laughs> because it's all exposition, but it's a child explaining you exposition. And so it sounds like when children try to tell you a story and you're like, I can't even begin to try and listen and follow it's this. It's the same beginning as It's a Wonderful Life, but a child, like if Clarence was like, and there's Mr. Bailey, he's gonna kill himself. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh my God. You're not wrong, Mikey. That's accurate. Honestly, I want everyone to write a review and ask for baby Clarence to read it. Can we just start having baby Clarence on the podcast? Holy shit. That was an amazing voice. Well, because it's like an adorable child's voice. It just reminds me of like, and then the fire truck came and then I saw a dog and then we went to the park and mommy kissed my cheek, but it was gross and it smelled like broccoli. And then we went home like that's what it sounds like to me. And for some reason, I have an immediate instinct to just tune it out. And I had to be like, no, Paige, this is exposition <laughs> in the story. <laughs> you have to listen to it. Yeah, this is literally the foundation for the entire movie. Yeah, because it literally and here's what I wondered, because I know that they added that voiceover later i found out in fun facts that that was a choice in like post production like they had, okay, yeah they had that kid come back in an adr so i wondered if they made the movie and cut it together and were like 
this makes no fucking sense. We have to have this kid come in and explain what's going on because he's the only one who remembers because that's part of the story or whatever. Yeah. And so that's why they did it because this portion is all like, and an angel came down to help us, but I'm the only one who remembers. So I'm going to tell you about it. And you're like, what? And nobody believes me. And I'm like, well, you sound like a seven year old talking like a seven-year-old does. Like, I, I don't think people would believe a seven-year-old if an, they're saying an angel came and dated their mom while their dad was a workaholic. One time I saw a dog and that dog was a ninja and he gave me a ninja star <laughs> exactly. and I made a wish upon it, but then I lost it. But then I'm definitely going to get my wish at Christmas because I want a bike. Yeah, no one's listening. <laughs> no one's believing that. I now want to know what happens when you wish upon a ninja star so badly, Paige. Your wish comes, but when you least expect it. <laughs> when you wish a ninja star makes no difference who you are. Anyway, so this kid gives us the rundown of like, this shit's going to be crazy. And he's like, this is true. Names have not been changed. No one believes me anyway. I was like, this kid doesn't know about <laughs> like having to change people's names to protect their identities. Like, or this kid is watching way too much Unsolved Mysteries. I know, right? Well, his parents are never home. <laughs> but he's always with his grandma who wants to play Monopoly with real money. She was one of my favorite characters oh, in this man. movie. <laughs> I love her. She is great. Yeah. When she was like, if you don't leave, I will break my hip until the year 2000. Like, I loved the way she handled Dan- Denzel. Yeah. So funny. So we, we zoom in to church on sunday and this is the church that yeah saint matt's where jeremiah and his parents whitney houston and courtney p vance go can i just say this really quick because we're doing all these zooms into the churches and the zoom in of saint matt's oh to the credits right and like you know you're seeing all the names that you expect to see and then you see the choir like they just gave they give the choir like the same billing as like whitney houston does and i was like that's so weird why would they do that and then you hear them and, and, and you're like i yeah, get it literally, like, <laughs> three minutes from then when they're like singing in the sermon like they're like doing yeah. like i was like oh this is why they deserve what that like they're so yeah. fucking good like oh yeah <laughs> i was so blown yeah. away but at first i was like that's weird right and then i was like no i get it that's cool you earned it yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely so we we close in on saint matt's and jeremiah's voiceover still going and he's like you know, this is my mom. Her dad used to be the pastor of this church, but now it's my dad. So we're kind of getting the backstory of like, you know, she got married and then he took over when her dad passed. So this is her dad's church. So there's right. like an extra layer of sentimentality there. So it's not just a building to her, basically. Right. And she's singing and she's amazing because it's Whitney Houston. Yeah. And he's giving this a rundown of like his whole family in the audience. He's like, this is my grandma. People say that she needs a man. I was like, as a child, why do you know that? But also, if she wants a man, she she should get one because I love her. Yeah. <laughs> get your life. Smoke as much as you want. <laughs> Just Yeah. It. This house has too many rules. So like when she said that, I was like, I like this lady. She's funny. Also, also, it definitely used to be her house. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I didn't even think about that. But you're right. Yeah, it's, it's essentially the parsonage. Like, it's yeah, a house yeah. right next door to the church where whoever the pastor is is living there. And it's also where the church offices are. They're all kind of in that same yeah. building. So that's she's visiting, but that definitely used to be her house. Yeah, that would be a weird dynamic. That's wild. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
but as all this is going on within the church, they're tithing. So the choir is performing for them to to gather donations. Yeah, that's pretty common. You'll do that while you're passing around yeah. a plate. Yeah, and I do think that this is a good example in a movie of like a church getting donations and then like those donations are clearly going to community programs, which is what it should be. Yeah. You know, where like if you're going to be a tax free organization, you should be, you know, helping in the community. This church definitely is. Looking but at you, trendy white people, where your donations go to your pastor's $700 jeans. Here's what I'm going to say. Because uh, I've been in many churches and, and many of the churches I've been in have presented a full accounting of where stuff goes, where they tell you where the money's going. If your church is not telling you where the money's going, run away, run away. They should be transparent with where that money is going. And legally, as a tax free organization, they should be transparent about how that money is helping their community. Just saying this church doing it right. But, you know, whatever. A lot of churches don't. Anywho. Through this tithe, they only get $96 in a button, which is not going to keep the church running. No, I did love that he's like, who's going to put a button in the offering plate? And he like looks at his wrist. And he's like, oh, that's that's my oh, button. That's my button. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I thought that was very, very funny. That's Saul, right? That's the. Yes, yeah. it is he Saul. He is so good in this movie. I think he's so <laughs> genuinely funny and sweet. Like, I really enjoy yeah. his character. I like his four minutes of screen time. I know. He's not in it very much, but he's like. his. He has his own subplot. They have, he, I know. One of the 30. He and Loretta Devine are going to get married at the end of this movie. Yeah. And he's going to try and talk her out of giving up her job, but she's independent and she has to prey on that. It's still a little fat quick since they just start dating in two weeks. Yeah, I know, I know right? Because this, this movie takes place in the span of a week. Yeah. But you know what he wouldn't have done? He wouldn't have been like, hey, I'm busy right now. Denzel, why don't you take my girl out to a jazz club and take her dancing? <laughs> I will watch Denzel and Loretta Devine get together. I will watch that. She's an original <laughs> dream girl, but respect on her name. <laughs> oh, was that why she couldn't sing in this movie? I thought that was very funny because she does a really good job of not singing well which i think is difficult if you can sing well and she can sing well because yeah, i because I, mean. I i watched that scene and i was like is she pretending she's a dream girl what's happening <laughs> anyway courtney b vance starts his sermon and he says i want to talk about temptation and then in my brain i just went confessions of a marriage counselor <laughs> <laughs> i forgot that confessions of a marriage counselor the title of that movie actually is temptation Colon. Tyler Perry's Temptation, That's right. That's right. colon, That's right. Confessions of a Marriage Counselor. But no, he continues. He's like, Temptation of the Soul. And Whitney Houston recognizes it because we will find out it is one of her father's sermons that he is kind of giving again. Reusing, yeah. Reusing. Uh, and so she leans over to the band director and is like, follow me. And so they're singing along with the sermon. And it's awesome. It is so <laughs> cool. I, I saw a couple reviews. I was telling Mikey, I pulled reviews to see if everyone else felt like I did and there were too many plots. And yes, everyone did. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that pe a couple reviews mentioned is they were like, they keep just finding any reason for Whitney Houston to sing. I was like, yes, it's Whitney Houston. And honestly, those are the parts of the movie that like really shine for me. Cause she is She was a once in a generation voice man Like she yes. was so good Like Aretha Franklin levels of good Like amazing yeah, so, it's just, good. so anytime she was singing on screen I was smiling and having a great time I could have sat there and watched it for an hour and a half Yeah honestly the, the only thing that could have improved 
like I mean, let's say that you're not going to get rid of the too many plots, but you right. want to improve this movie is for her to sing more. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I was like, we have a great like joy to the world at the end, and I was like, can I get an Angels We Have Heard on High or maybe a Hallelujah chorus? Like, or please, yeah. or or like a Oh Holy Night. I know that's Mariah's song, but like I will hear it. Like, please yeah, do whatever, or or I will always Jesus you, or whatever. <laughs> I don't care how we make it Christmassy. We just like you know. Technically, if Jesus sang it, it would work. Oh my God, that's how you do it, Mikey. You have Whitney Houston come out dressed as Jesus. I. Oh. You're a genius, Mikey. I love that you thought of that. Uh, okay, I have, a, I have a question. Whitney Houston is... She is dead, yes. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. I'll burn a fun fact now because it is sad, so it will give us time to process it. Is this the movie where she met Bobby Brown? No, she met Bobby Brown before this, unfortunately. And that's yeah. part of why she almost didn't take the role. So in a 2009 interview on the Oprah Winfrey show, uh, she has said that by the time this movie started shooting, her cocaine and uh, other drug habits had gotten so bad that there was never a day while filming in which she had not done drugs. So like when Man. she's kind of just like sweating through her wig, that's real. Like yeah. that. And it is classic Whitney. That was the thing she was known for was you know, was the sweat, but that's part of that was uh, a lot of cocaine use. Uh, but she also doesn't initially take this role. She didn't really want one um, because she felt like she couldn't relate to the character. And she said in that same interview and a couple other ones that in real life, she wasn't attracted like to nice men like Reverend Biggs or Dudley and that she would be uncomfortable dressed as a middle-class housewife. Uh, and the only thing that she felt like she related to in the movie was Julia's love for her family and her church. Okay. Because she was already fully, uh, she and Bobby were, you know, into it by that point already. Yeah. So sad, sad, very sad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So they, they're singing through the sermon, but it's clear that Courtney B. Vance is like not really, enjoying that it's kind of overshadowing yeah and so they kind of stop doing it but after he's like it seems like you thought i needed help and she says well you were doing one of my dad's old sermons and so i figured like that's the way we used to do it you could use the help right well and she also says that like and I think you even did it better than daddy or whatever. Yeah, and then I he, think you even did it he, better. He, he, I think he knows that she's saying that just to be nice because he says something to the effect of, I appreciate your support. And then he walks yeah. out of the room and she like looks up towards the sky and is like, I'm so sorry, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, clearly that was yeah. a lie. I love that. Yeah. He's like, I'm sending Denzel Washington to fuck up your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and he oh. does. Uh, we do get a shot outside of Jeremiah playing in the snow, pretending to be a pastor, uh, at which point Courtney B. Vance is like, are you after my job already? Like, come on now. <laughs> like, it wasn't that bad. Uh, but this is where we find out that it's one week before Christmas. And Jeremiah's voiceover kind of pops in and out throughout the movie. So it pops in here to be like, this is the Christmas I learned about miracles. I want a brother for Christmas. Can Hakeem have lunch with us? And we will learn that Hakeem is his best friend yeah. who lives across the street from them. Which it is kind of great for what happens later on because his grand he lives with his grandmother across the street. Yeah. So she's right there. And we find out that Hakeem's parents, or at least his his mother, 
are no longer active in his life and he has been left to his grandmother to raise and she is incapable of providing for him. Yeah. And so he is going to be basically taken by child protective services. Yeah. Uh, and they are going to have to say goodbye to him late that week. And so they're like, yeah, go have lunch with him. Probably your last chance for a bit. Like, yeah. let's figure it out. Pretty sad. It's pretty sad. Uh, so we come back to Whitney Houston's house and her mom, who is visiting, is just like, something is wrong in this house. You don't seem happy. Things aren't done. It's not joyful. Christmas isn't decorated yet. Like, what is what is happening here? And Whitney Houston is just like, hey, we're we're busy. Yeah, we're working on a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things going on. Everything's fine. But like, it's busy. And upstairs, Courtney B. Vance is like, we only have ninety six dollars in a button because we kept that button. I need help. And so he prays. And what we see is outside as Hakeem and Jeremiah are making snow angels. Denzel, a real angel, falls from heaven and falls between them and gets up and is like, hey, children. And they're like, stranger danger and immediately run from him. <laughs> yeah, which do is react appropriate. accordingly. Yes. Yeah. They handle it the way you should. All I was concerned about is how drastically does this movie change if his aim was a little bit off and he crushed one of those kids? <laughs> yes, Because he was close to both of them. Yep. And Heaven's like so far away, guys. Yeah. Could have crushed yeah. one of them, Mikey. He's, I don't know why he didn't melt the snow. Like I expected some sort of crater. <laughs> he only melts hearts. Oh, yep. that's what it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we cut to in the house. They have not noticed the snow angel. But as Whitney Houston's kind of making her way through the house, great uh, Courtney B. Vance walks downstairs and he's like, they're closing the youth center. I got to go say goodbye to the kids. And she's like, we had plans, but OK, go do that. Uh, because apparently the, one of the, the things about his character in this movie is that he takes on too much and doesn't know when to ask for help. Yes. And assumes yeah. that he is the only one who can help people. There's a good example of that that we've sort of talked about a little bit. When he is like having to do like these three things and that's why he can't take Whitney Houston dancing. His right. impulse was to have Denzel, a beautiful man, take his wife on a date and not make him run the three errands that he was having to do. Well, he was supposed to go pray over someone in the hospital. But there's a part of me that's like, send the angel. <laughs> right? That's what I was saying. Like, I am the angel Dudley. Yeah, Dudley. Which sounds like a wrestling character. It sounds like if Ernest... Was an angel. Ernest was was technically an angel in one of the films, and so I mean, <laughs> I, that is canon, Paige. Actually, uh, so, he got hit by a cannon. That's how he becomes. An angel. <laughs> I would I would love to do a side podcast that's just an Ernest retrospective, and we do all the Ernest films, <laughs> but like take it very seriously. Like we do a very earnest interpretation of those movies well it's james varney was a really interesting guy i find that very easy to believe yeah he lived here it's a nashville thing yeah there are rumors that he got into satanism at one point hell yeah james let's do this <laughs> mr james varney like anton levayan satanism which is like it's basically just being a party goth. Yeah. Yeah. It's the so, good kind. Yeah. 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 That was probably when he did Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he was researching a role, Paige. Uh, yeah, Paige. It's called acting, okay? He, Ernest is method. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but Daniel Day Lewis studied under Ernest. 
<laughs> and that's how he got so good at going completely method. Mm, mm-hmm. mm. I don't know if that's true. I have just heard about uh, his alleged Satanism and I'm like, you know, an earnest podcast would probably be super interesting. <laughs> anyway, Courtney B. Vance leaves to go say goodbye to the people at the youth center. And as he does, we see a commercial for Gregory Hines' new development that he's building, which is part of the reason that the community center is closing. Yeah. So we cut to the community center where he's saying goodbye to these kids. And they're like, what are we going to do now? And what I thought was kind of interesting in the scene is all of the kids are dressed the same. Yes, they are. (laughs) Like you see... And at first I was like, oh, is this like, do they have like a t-shirt for the youth center or something? No. No. Blank t-shirts. Yep. But it's like two or three groups of people in the same costumes. It was really interesting. I think it was just an oversight. It was like, they were like, shit, we need costumes for all these kids. Quick, go to TJ Maxx and buy three of everything. Three of everything. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so he's apologizing and the kids are like, hey, you tried. You know, it's not like you gave up but it just wasn't enough. Yeah, the end result is the same, but we appreciate you trying to save it. Right. And they were like, what are we going to do now? It's too cold to stand outside. Right. And like, I, I, I'm i sure it's just that they don't have a great home life. So like, they don't want to be at there's home. There's not a place to go. So there's not yeah. really a place to go. And so it is like really sad. Like, I feel like, that was a place where kids could go to be safe and not doing drugs or anything like that. Like, so I, it is a sad loss for those kids and for, you know, the church too. Well, and what we will kind of find out is that the plan that Gregory Hines has, he's talking about it as if he's going to revitalize everything in the community so that everyone has nice things. Yeah. That's not the reality. No. He wants to gentrify it to attract higher paying tenants that will push out the people who are here. So like that's the gentrification is a villain in this film. Yes, it is. Um, but, but that's part of the why. So he's closing down the resources that the people in this community would need that would actually help revitalize the community of people invested in them in favor of a flashy new glass church. Yeah. Anyway, as Courtney B. Vance is walking away from the community center, he runs into Denzel. Yeah. And Denzel is like, Hey, are you Henry Biggs? Cause that's the person I'm supposed to help. I'm an angel. And he's like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> like, who does? You could c- come see service Friday at eight o'clock, like whatever. But like he is nice, though. Like you're saying it like we would say it. But like he was right. very nice and, you know, I mean, very preacherly about it. But he does have things to do. And this guy's, I would say, clearly having a mental health crisis. Of course. Of course. If someone came up to me on the street and was like, <laughs> I am an angel, exactly. I would be like, OK, uh, I am getting into my car. If they're as gorgeous as a 90s movie star, I'd be like, you are an angel. I do love that if like Mikey is saying, if Denzel walked up to him and said, I'm an angel, Mikey's response would be, yes, you are. <laughs> Did it hurt when you <laughs> fell from heaven? Like, yeah. We, we actually get a definitive answer to that and it's no. No, it didn't hurt. He seemed fine. So stop using it as a pickup line. I'd be like, God, will you just go date my wife? <laughs> How hot would someone have to be for you to ignore clear signs of delusions like this? Well, based on my dating history, not as much as you would think. (laughs) That's a shockingly honest answer that we're probably going to have to cut out. Yes. I would love to leave it in. You can leave it in. (laughs) Anyway, so, uh, of course, Courtney B. Vance is like, you know, like, I'm not I'm not dealing with your delusion today, sir. And he leaves. Uh, So Denzel walks up to a pizza place and is like, oh, I've been waiting a long time for this. And this is where I think we establish that angels can't get hurt because the guy's like, isn't the cheese burning the roof of your mouth? And he pretends. He's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, but he asks the pizza guy, like, hey, you know, Reverend Biggs, he was kind of short with me. Is he like that with everybody? And the pizza guy's like, uh, he came to the hospital after my wife's surgery. He baptized all my kids. Here's your money. Get the fuck out of here. Like, you don't get to eat pizza in my establishment if you're going to badmouth him. I love that so much. And he even, like, steps to the side a little bit and reveals a photo of him. Like, yes. a photo of him with the pastor. And he's like, you have to leave immediately. I just love the level at which it offends him that he asked yes. about it. It was so funny to me. But also, I love that energy. I don't need your money. Get out. I don't need your money. Get out. We do see Denzel Washington next eating a hot dog, going on like a weird food tour. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that he's like, finally back on earth. I got to hit all my spots. Yeah. It's like when I come home for Christmas and I'm like, I'm going to eat a Casper's hot dog and scoozy. Let's do this shit. <laughs> Absolutely. And he's getting his Casper hot dog right now. There you go. There you go. Yep. So the kid, uh, as he's eating the hot dog, we see Whitney Houston and Jeremiah and I believe her mom walking to do something. Uh, and the kid sees him and is like, oh, that's a guy. And Whitney Houston's like, who are you pointing at? So they just keep walking. We cut back to the house at night where she's tucking in Jeremiah, who has Lion King bedspread that like I knew so many kids who had that bedspread growing up. Like, I don't know if you guys remember it, but like. I was a little older than Jeremiah is in this movie when this movie came out. Yeah. And like so many kids had that Lion King bedspread. I had, I think my my sister or I, one of the two of us had a Little Mermaid one that was kind of similar. Um, okay. But yeah, it was, I like saw it and I was like, oh my God, flashbacks. I have seen that at slumber parties. It was wild. <laughs> I don't have that uh, much of an emotional connection to uh, Lion King's bettery, but... I mean, it was just one of those things where, like, have you ever seen something on a screen that you're like, oh, my God, I forgot as a child, but I fully remember that? Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's just a weird thing that you... Uh, I don't know. Well, you guys are a couple years older than me, though, so... All right. We don't have to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are, like, fucking old, and I'm a 24-year-old goddess. <laughs> I think we should honestly spread that myth because, A, it's funny, and B, it is funny if you look at us, I feel like... You could think that. Like, I feel like there is a person out there who would be like, I think Paige is mid-20s and Mikey and Todd are in their late 50s. I'm going to go ahead and distance <laughs> myself from Todd on this one. <laughs> I just think Paige looks remarkably young for her age, which I think is great. I think Todd's aging twice as fast as us. and I, you My know, feet definitely are. Yeah. Well, your feet died years ago. <laughs> anyway, so... She tucks him in. He asks her to sing to him. And of course, it's Whitney Houston. So you're just like, sing forever, please. I know. Every time she stops, I'm like, oh. <laughs> She's so good. So she, she sings him to sleep. And she leaves the door open because he asks. And we cut to the next day where a car speeds down a street and... People run out of a store, hop in the car, and they fire at the store as they run away. So it's like a robbery slash drive by. And what we see is that they toss the gun out the window. It falls at the feet of a, a, another man, or we will find as Billy, a, a young man, who was just ducking behind the car because bullets were flying. He's just a bystander. Yeah, when he saw the car like screech up and the guy run out and shoot the gun, he immediately dropped to the ground and it just happened the yeah. gun fell close to him. And right. because he does vaguely look like the person robbing the store. Like, I mean, it's the, the guy from the store is being super racist. Yeah. Uh, I, because he immediately is like, that's the guy. Right, exactly. And it's 
definitely not the guy. They don't even really look that much alike. There were big quotes around that looked like the same guy, right? Well, and also, I'm like, you saw the guys get into the car and the car pull away. Why would they just leave a person there? Right? Like, it's it makes no sense. And I would just like to remind people that eyewitness testimony is one of the most fallible pieces of evidence, and it should not be the sole point of evidence on which we convict people, just putting it out there. That fact is just so counterintuitive. To most people. Yeah. So like it does hold up a lot in court. Like it, like it does in this movie. Well, I would say now this is a good and bad comment. There's less eyewitness testimony. More video. Because there's cameras watching us everywhere we go. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right, right yeah. Right. Which is, I mean, it's big brother, but also, you know, sometimes it means that you don't have to rely on somebody who thought they saw something. Yes. Um, and I would say video is always going to be better than eyewitness, right? I mean, video happened. Well, I mean, and now we're going to get into like deep fake shit. And I don't want to talk about all that, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and the right to privacy and to exist without constantly being videotaped. We can't. This is a discussion for another day. Right. But all this to say, there's a faulty eyewitness testimony. He is wrongly arrested. And now he is in trouble when he shouldn't be. He didn't do anything. Literally. And I like this part of the, the movie because it really does show that the preacher cares. I just feel like yeah. there's too many of these things that show the yes. preacher cares, you know? And I feel like this is the one they should have kept. And like the gift baskets and yes. all of that other stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. He could have been just involved in this legal thing. I would have understood that he loved all of his, you know, congregation yeah. like that. You know, I just think they were trying to cram too much of that stuff in. Yes. Uh, and so we, we find out that they can't get him out uh, until he has his hearing, which would be the next day. Yeah. Because you're entitled to a speedy arraignment within a certain amount of time. And we also find out that he has been good for the past two years, but he has had some legal trouble in the past. Right. Which is going to not reflect great in a court case. Right. But he basically is, is there with the family and he's like, we'll figure out what we're going to do. And this is where we find out that Saul, who we did see earlier in the congregation scenes, runs a charter service. Yeah. Uh, and so he uses that charter bus to basically take all the family and kids home, which is very, very sweet. It literally is like a church bus that they use. I mean, it, it's very much his private business, <laughs> right? And how he makes money. But he also volunteers that bus for a lot of church functions, which I thought was awesome. I really like Saul. I do too. I, I especially thought it was very funny that there was ADR for the bus when it was like a block away. Yes. <laughs> You're like, there's no way we could hear this. It literally is a block away driving away as he's getting in the car when it won't start and yes, you hear yeah, yeah. Saul like he's three feet away from you and I was like yeah. damn <laughs> Saul and those kids voices really carry <laughs> yeah it was wild down this New York City question mark street block I think I think New York in my mind it was New York Maybe same I'm, but I'm, I'm wrong, not sure it matters yeah so Courtney B. Vans gets in the car and it won't start and he prays he's like Lord I just need some help I just need the car to start and who should show up at the window but Denzel and magically the car starts. Yes. I do love that Denzel was like, is there anything else I can help you with? And he goes, oh, so you started my car? And Denzel's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you asked for my help and I fixed it. I made it work. What What else can I do for you today? Right. 
So he gets in the car and this is where he's like, who are you really? And he's like, still an angel, but there's rules. Here are the rules. Yes. And this is as like, as like they're driving down the street, yes. right? I just yeah. remember this scene being so silly because like every time he like reads a new rule, Courtney B. Vance is just like, oh yeah, 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 cool. That's a great rule. I like that rule. Yeah, love that one. <laughs> he's just like placating him. Well, that's how you talk to, you don't want to disagree with the delusion. It makes people angry. So you want to... Mikey, and that is like the context I think I needed because to me it just feels like he's like ignoring him. I didn't realize that Courtney B. Vance had the kind of training that you do. (laughs) And I think that that is an amazing thing for a pastor to have gone through. If you think I haven't driven someone to a crisis center for in a 30 minute drive talking about their delusions and having to like make small talk about it, you're wrong. Mikey, I have a wildly inappropriate podcast idea for you. Mm -mm, mm -mm. (laughs) All right. So here are the rules. The rules are. Denzel can't be doing anything that Courtney B. Vance should be doing. He cannot eat after midnight. (laughs) Right. You can't get him wet. Well, it's a good thing Whitney Houston isn't a gremlin then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she is not. She is not. Her her dad did die in a horrible chimney accident, though. They just cut that out of the movie. It was too many plots. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so he can't do anything you you should be doing. So essentially, he can't just become you and be a better you. Like, he has to help you do what you should already be doing well. Yeah. Second, you have free will. He can't make you do anything you don't want to do. And then third, when he's done, no one will have any memory of it, which is a weird rule, I think. That's the weirdest of the three. But it's the one that Courtney B. Vance is like, that's my favorite. <laughs> I did think that was funny. I, I mean, I really do think Courtney B. Vance is great in this movie. But, like, they're really good together, too. Like, the two of them. They are really good together. Uh, but he basically said, he's like, I'll drop you off here. See you later. My office is always open. Just make an appointment. And he is like great and goes to shake his hand and Denzel takes his glove off which we will establish a couple other times in the movie that when Denzel touches people like skin to skin it like glamours them yeah it like they can like feel that he's an angel they yes. feel he says it's like it's like springtime in mom's home cooking and so there's something yeah. about it that you like feel it I do believe that Courtney B. Vance doesn't believe it yet though I feel like he's th- yeah the touching the first time is them like oh Okay, maybe there is something real about this, but I don't think he believes him until he throws the book in the fireplace. I just thought it was him shaking Denzel's hand and being like, is that spark the doubt of my sexuality? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's Denzel. (laughs) Would this man fuck my wife? (laughs) Would I want to watch? You do watch that though, right? Of course, it's Denzel. I know. His performance is amazing, always. <laughs> He's always the best person on the screen. He won an Oscar for it. Oh, I forgot his Oscar was for boning my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Best supporting. Anyway, uh, so we, we cut to choir practice, uh, and we're kind of cutting in between choir practice at the church with Whitney Houston and back home where her mom is decorating for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and Courtney B. Vance comes home and is talking to her mom. And he, she, they talk a little bit about what Gregory Hines is doing, the things that he's going to be building. And the mom says, well, he called here tonight. There's a meeting tomorrow at 11. She's like, it's none of my business, but, and he just says, well, I'm glad you realized that. As they're talking, the boiler in the basement of the church starts to explode. And at first they think it's just the drums and that the tempo has sped up. So the choir's like singing faster with the drums. That to me was insane. Like the boiler does not sound at all like a drum set. What I was no. like, you would know, Whitney, if the boiler was about to explode, you wouldn't be like, oh, that snare sounds off. Right. 
so everyone goes running out of the church. Courtney B. Vance runs over there and realizes that the boiler has essentially exploded. Yeah. Uh, and so everyone is safe, but they're not going to make it through another winter with any heat in the church. It's going to be freezing until they can get the boiler fixed. Yeah. So they put Jeremiah to bed and Jeremiah is like crying himself to sleep, which is so sad. Like, it is super sad. It's so sad. Yeah. Then Whitney and Courtney B. Vance are going to bed and she basically is like, I'm so sorry. I know this week has been tough for you. And he's like, it's all my fault and there's nothing I can do about it. And she's like, well, I have some ideas. And he's just like, it's all my fault. And <laughs> just goes to bed. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not communicating with each other. I mean, they really don't much in this movie. Like they barely see each other. Yeah. yeah. Like they don't really, I don't know. Like it's not very romantic in my, they mind. don't have a ton of chemistry. I'll tell you that. much. Well, it, here's the thing. I think when they're delivering the baskets, that's like the one yes. place that we see it. That is the only place. Yeah. So that, you know, it's possible, but I think what I really needed, was a little bit less of her falling in love with Denzel right. and a little bit more of Denzel engineering it so that she and her husband realize that they are still in love. Yeah, follow me on this. It would be like if this movie was combined with Hitch. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because Denzel would be the guy who's like making them find that spark. Because I get, like Whitney Houston even mentions like, there's not much of a spark in their relationship anymore. So I get right. that we don't really see a lot of like chemistry moments between them, but this movie is about how they figure a way to stay together. And it almost feels like this movie is like, here's how they stay together. Not necessarily happily, but this is how they stay right. together. And what I wanted was, Oh, like them falling back in love and finding that spark. That's what again. I want. Yeah. Yes. Like we just don't get that. We don't get enough of it. I think yeah. the movie tries to give us some of it. But if you cut out the other three plots about how yes. much the pastor loves people, like I get that. We we don't need five yeah, of Denzel those. Denzel should have just hung out yeah. with the husband, not other people. Like unless he was doing something for the husband. Like they should have been about their crazy friendship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The way I would have structured it if I was writing it is that he finds some sort of evidence that he thinks Whitney Houston is cheating, right? Yes, okay. And the asks the angel for help because he feels overwhelmed. He feels like he's not spending time with her. Like he realizes that something's not right. Right. The angel kind of helps him work through it and win her back. And then we find out she wasn't cheating after all. It was a misunderstanding. But thankfully they are now in a position where they can, they are together. They have better communication skills. They've revitalized their relationship. Yeah. And then Denzel wink and nods and goes back, you know, like that's what I wanted. But that's not what instead we, got. we get this, this this weird half step. Anyway, so we cut to the next morning and Loretta Devine comes in with the mail, but like people like aren't speaking like it's it's gotten so bad that it's like they're mad at each other. They won't talk about it. They're not communicating and they're just kind of fighting. Yeah. And her mom is all up in their business, which is another thing, too, where like if you are having a rough time in your relationship, other people who are not a part of the relationship butting into it can make things worse. Well, especially someone who's going to have you know she's like a mother or mother-in-law depending upon who, who's right who we're talking about right so like there's probably going to be a clear person she's going to side with i don't know i i feel like that's not going to be helpful either way you need two people in the relationship to work it out you don't need any third party well but that and, and that's the thing because as the third party i'm the third party's looking in and saying in love i have to speak out if i think the person i love is in a relationship that's harmful to them yeah so like i understand that impulse Same. and 
you need people to do that, especially if something's abusive or whatever. But yeah. within a relationship, if we're just having like a disagreement, we have to work through things. You need to work it out with the person you're in the relationship with. Yes. That's the only person that can help you solve that problem, essentially. Yeah. You know, unless it's a therapist, oh. sure, but you have to communicate with the person with who's in the relationship with you. But. Mikey, it sounded like you realized something. I'm kidding. I'm oh. <laughs> anyway, we find out that Billy's bail hearing is at 930. The meeting with Joe Hamilton is 11. And then he's supposed to meet Whitney Houston at 1. Yeah. So he leaves to go to the hearing. Whitney Houston's mom is like, are you ready to tell me what's going on? And Whitney Houston is like, no, it's not your business. Uh, so we cut to after Courtney B. Vance leaves for the bail hearing, Denzel shows up and goes to the church office where he meets Loretta Devine. And he's like, oh, I'm his new assistant. And she's like, I'm the assistant. Oh, my God. Am I out of a job? Like, what am I doing? Spirals so fast. <laughs> it's so great. Like the way she is like spinning, which I mean, in her mind, she's lost her job and like, has all these right. bills to pay for. Like, I understand that panic. And she is definitely feeling it. But also within that, he's like, let me get you a cup of coffee. And then he goes and like gets the coffee to work and she's like i've been trying to make that thing work for six weeks or whatever like so she's yep. like also having these other sidetracks in this oh my god i'm losing my job sort of monologue thing that was very funny to me very very funny and and this is where she's singing badly even though she is a singer yes which, again also hilarious yeah, the yes. scene sort of starts off with that yeah because he walks into that yeah and we what we will find out is that he assures her that she's keeping her job but then also gives her the day off yes which is pretty fun yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh we cut to the courthouse where the judge just immediately ignores that case, sets bail at 25000 which they can't afford, you know, and it's it's a huge big deal. And she just moves on to the next case because even if you had a bondsman, that's $2,500. Yes. To yeah. Post, I know you wouldn't get that right? back. Yeah. 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 And that's typical. I, I, I couldn't say exactly. It's always 10%, but it's usually around 10% of what the actual bond is or bail. is. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Uh, back at the house, Hakeem is over for lunch and they show up to take him on the train. And it's super sad. <laughs> so sad. It breaks my heart. Like it's this kid's best friend. And he's like, in his mind, never going to see him again. It's so sad. It's the best acting of the film. Honestly, I mean, I, I don't like that you're sliding Denzel like that, but sure. Yeah. Uh, but also, we're almost 40 minutes into the movie at this point. Like, that's almost halfway. And you're like, what's good? We are still establishing people. Oh, like, I don't even know what the problem is yet, really. Just they don't have money. <laughs> yes. No. Like, I'm just like, they have a busy life, so they sent them an angel. And when yeah. I know, right? They're just like busy. When he first meets with Joe Hamilton, the developer guy, and he's like, hey, I want you to preach at my church. Like, I right. didn't fully grasp why that was a bad idea at first. Like, they didn't really establish all of that until like just after it. I was like, this is, it's just weirdly paced. Yeah. The pacing is very strange. And it's because they're trying to juggle too many plots. Yeah. In one movie. Anyway, so... Hakeem leaves and Denzel Washington is like, Lord, I know you have a master plan, but sometimes it's tough to figure out. And he's sad. Like he knows the kid's going to be sad and, and that it's going to be rough for Hakeem. So he comes downstairs and Loretta Devine introduces him to Whitney Houston and her mom. And they're like, who sent you? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? And he's like, oh, uh, no, the big man, the the guy in charge. And they're like, the church council. Perfect. Yeah. He wrote, <laughs> he wrote to them months ago asking for help or whatever. Like, I love how right. they give him his backstory that he needs here absolutely it's yeah. kind of perfect for him but this is where whitney houston's mom is just like that's a good looking man which by the way jennifer lewis is yes. whitney houston's mom and 
like legend and she is hilarious in this and hilarious in so many other things yeah uh, she's great in this movie but she's like he is good looking so yeah and whitney houston's like why don't you mind your own business and she's like there's too many rules in this house i'm gonna smoke if i want to <laughs> <laughs> and she's like i'm gonna go by the window or something like that it was it was funny yeah. to me. so meanwhile dudley goes to talk to uh jeremiah and He's like, hey, I'm, I'm here to help your father. And Jeremiah is sad because Hakeem is gone. And he's like, yeah. well, hey, you know, let me fix your ambulance toy. And he he moves it so that the lights light up, but also it has a siren. He's like, it never had a siren before. And he's like, uh, it didn't. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> so he basically says to. OK, so I guess that's my question. Like, did Jeremiah have a way to cure cancer and he just didn't think to ask to have like the ambulance ha also have the cure to cancer in it like i don't understand like where the angel's powers stop oh yeah because well and that was one where i was like so he can fix this ambulance but he can't figure out a way for them to keep hakeem like there there's so many it seems like he can do so many things but then can't do he also can't teleport or or go through doors but he can make toys work it's the the powers are not well established. Well, do you think it's because he's so thirsty? Thirsty for Maybe. what? <laughs> Whitney Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, what I needed was like <laughs> like a Spider-Man montage of him testing out all his powers and being like, oh, cool. Yes. Webs, top of a building, snagging a hot dog as I swing through Queens. Like that's, what, <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. We needed that. We needed that. Uh, but he basically sits down with Jeremiah and is like, hey, people are never truly gone. Even when we lose someone, the most important parts of them are still here in our hearts with us. And it seems like he's talking about his mom and yes. his own death. But it's so vague. We don't fully know. And they never really address it or give him that depth of character because that would be like the 13th plot of this film. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he teaches him how to write Hakeem's name so he can write letters to him, which is very, very sweet. It is. He goes up back up to the office and is trying to work on the computer, which has a fish uh like a screensaver yeah um but i do love that he's just like oh i i learned how to use the fish television <laughs> i also love how he learned how to do that because he flipped through the angel book to and it a had windows in it windows and then i guess yeah. just looking at that gave him the ability to use it yeah he just he did a, a keanu reeves i know kung fu just like exactly boom yeah uh <laughs> i hated it yeah this i was like what so Courtney B. Vance comes back to the office and he's like, what the hell are you doing here? And he's like, I wrote these letters for you. I'm your new secretary. And he's like, these have no typos. But why are you here? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just strange. And so he was like, hey, so I'm here to help you out. Let's go to that meeting with the guy. And he's like, oh, my God, I forgot about that meeting. And he's like, don't worry about it. We'll go. And he's like, I'm supposed to take my wife and my son shopping. And he's like, I'll take care of that. You go to the meeting. Right. Yeah. And he won't let him go into the meeting with Gregory Hines, which he should have. Well, I mean, I think he knows because he can't make free will. Yeah, he can't make Courtney B. Vance do anything he doesn't want to do of his own free will. So, like, I feel like even if he, like, teleported through the door. Right. He still couldn't have made him do what he needed to have him do anyway. So he just left. Right. Exactly. So we cut inside to this meeting. And this is where we find out that the huge master plan for that community includes a giant church. Yes. And that's why he wants to talk to Courtney B. Vance. Because he wants him to be the pastor of that church. 
Is this also the scene where you see like Saul and other members? Yes, that all the other like deacons like yeah, of the yeah. church council or whatever are there. Yeah. So we cut back to the church where they're setting up the the Christmas play like rehearsal. Yeah. Which at, like at this point they they sing the first version. It gets sung two or three times in this movie. Who could imagine a king? Yeah. And I'm like, I know for sure I have sang that song in a choir. <laughs> like, Natalie said the same thing as we were watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I think the version, I think the arrangement I had to sing was the last one, like the final one. Oh, okay. But the second I heard it, I was like, <gasps> flashbacks. Um, <laughs> so we cut to their shopping for Henry and he points out this nightgown for her, which is the granniest nightgown I've ever seen. Well, I mean, this is like a church movie, Paige. I get, I get that, but they are married and therefore have an active sexual relationship. And that gra- that nightgown belongs on Grandma Josephine in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like, <laughs> wear it for him. <laughs> I love how you are calling out Courtney B. Vance's very specific king. <laughs> yeah, where he's like, I want us to lay in a giant bed foot to face so that we can fit four of us. We're not going to question the weird sex stuff that goes on. But then one of us is going to have been lying about the ability to walk for years <laughs> until the chance to tour a chocolate factory comes around. Paige, we all know about polyamory okay (laughs) so as they're shopping for him she's telling him stories kind of about how she and henry met and they've been friends since childhood uh he wore suits to school to impress her like yeah but this is very much like the same story from temptation uh it is (laughs) the confessions of a marriage counselor where they are childhood sweethearts so they've never met or interacted with other people or whatever um which is some people still end up in happy relationships that way that's great but yeah anyway she uh talks about that and they then they go to lunch and he finally catches up to them and courtney b vance finally catches up with them after going to all of his other meetings and he's like great i'm here to go shopping and she's like you're an hour late like we've already shopped we're sitting down to have lunch. We're almost done with lunch. Like, where have you been? And so they send Dudley and Jeremiah across the street so they can talk. And he's like, well, I'm going to take up this guy at his offer. And she's like, so you're going to abandon the church my father gave you yeah. for this flashy new thing that is not going to serve our community and is not going to have our people at it. And he's like, it would solve all our problems. She's like, no, it wouldn't because your problems are here. Like, the community is our responsibility and that's not saving it right essentially i mean essentially it would be over time destroying the community yes i mean not just the other church i mean the other like the gentrification i'm saying what i'm saying exactly and i do love that as dudley and jeremiah skip across the street we hear like adr of him being like who are we shopping for grandma what should we get her a new ashtray mommy threw out all her other ones and it's like (laughs) i don't think a child would understand that but i'm glad you included that in this film i thought it was funny funny. yeah anyway he also tells her like they're putting in a new boiler tomorrow and she's like did you sell us out for a fucking boiler essentially and he's like no like it's it's a beautiful church she's like it's a shrine to him and his ability to develop it's not a church that is centered around god essentially i also do love that ultimately he just plays that dude to buy them a new boiler because he does go back and take it back (laughs) so essentially he just got a new boiler by like lying to this developer dude and i'm sort of here for that good for you yeah so she leaves she's like i don't even know who you are anymore i can't talk to you about this oh yeah and she goes 
and uh, Measle Dudley and Jeremiah. Yeah, she just runs straight to Denzel's huge manly wings. Gorgeous arms. <laughs> and they, we find out that they bought a fire engine for Hakeem, which is kind of foreshadowing that Hakeem will be with them for Christmas. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you, I also, I just assumed they were going to send it to him. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah, do yeah. love that he is actually there, although we don't get to see him open it. But I do love that yeah. they become brothers at the end of this. I do because then he gets his Christmas wish. Yes, exactly. So we cut to the next day where he Jeremiah is making cookies and Whitney Houston's mom is like, he's your husband. Support what he wants to do. And preaching the word of God's n- never wrong, no matter where you do it from. And men keep women stuff from women all the time. And Whitney Houston rightfully is like, maybe that's not good, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And she's right about maybe, that. Yeah. And she's right. She's like, maybe that's not the best way for this to work out. So we cut to um, she and Denzel are picking up a Christmas tree and he's like, you know that you love him. And she's like, yeah, he knows it, too. That's why he's not afraid for me to go anywhere. Like he knows I will always be here. And so he didn't consider my feelings because he didn't think it would matter, uh, which is the thing. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie because we get to see Denzel do these like cute little hops. So he can see her over the car and the Christmas tree while they're talking. Yes. And I'm like, oh, Denzel, you make everything look classy. So great. Wonderful double-breasted trench coat. Amazing. Know, dude. Just 90s stylish. He looks so great. I think this is where the tide starts to turn and he starts actively pursuing her. Me too. Because up till this point, it's very much the conversation between the two of them are like very focused on how can I fix their relationship? And then later it becomes more about, tell me more about you, Whitney, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and this is where he's like, have you ever had your palm read? And it's an excuse for him to hold her hand. Well, so like sort of shake her hand or whatever. Yeah. Uh, But he basically says, I see a beautiful woman with a good heart who would have everything she ever wanted and yeah. and he and she says do you see henry and me and then he just says oh it was so hot i had to let it go like yeah so he clearly is already trying to like weasel his way in there uh-huh but then this is where she's like he hasn't taken me out in forever like there's no spark left and at least in this point denzel is like put on a dress you guys are going out tonight i'm gonna figure this out for you right yeah i mean this is where he's like you guys need to go dancing let's go let's do that let's go dancing tonight Right. So they come back to the house. Which we've talked ready. about a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. He Courtney B. Vance comes home and he's like, you got to take her out dancing tonight. He's like, uh, no, I, I have a bunch of other things to do. You take her out dancing. Bad move. So crazy. Yeah. Like, why would you ever do that? But whatever. We talked about it. Yeah. Anyway, so she and Dudley end up going together. And as they're leaving the house, her mom is like, don't worry about us. I'm going to give him a hot bath and then we're playing Monopoly for real money. (laughs) (laughs) She's so great. So great. So good. I mean, good in everything, but very good in this. Very funny in this. So she's like, oh, so Henry's not coming. He's like, no, we're going to go out dancing. And she's like, all right, fine. So they go to Jazzy's. We will find out that this is the place where she and Henry used to go a lot and where he proposed to yeah her. i was about to say where they got engaged right like it's yeah. a very special place for them and they start dancing but denzel clearly died in the 20s because those are the dances he knows i mean he is like one step from doing the charleston like it's insane yeah. levels of dancing he's like it's it's the popeye <laughs> yeah doing the popeye which i don't know when that's from i guess we could probably look that up but 
I think it's made up for the movie. Oh, okay. May I could be wrong. But anyway, in walks Lionel Richie. And you're like, Lionel Richie's in this? And then you're like, oh, right. He was in the credits. Uh, so <laughs> Lionel Richie, who his name is Bristlow, is his name. Single name like Cher. Yes. He apparently is friends with Whitney Houston and Henry and is married. So this is not like a rival or whatever. We never meet his wife, but he does talk very highly of her. Right, right, right. We find out that Henry helped him get to Paris, which made his career take off. So now he's back running the band at this restaurant just for a minute. And it happens to be coincidence that he is there the same night Whitney Houston and Denzel are. Yeah. And he's like, you should hear her sing. And Denzel's like, oh, I know. And he's like, no, like you don't even understand. <laughs> like she... Yeah. She sings church shit now, but like you should have heard. And he's like, do you still do it in B? Let's do this. And just immediately gets her to sing, I believe in you and me, which is just like brings the house down. It's so it's good. Because she's so Whitney good. Houston. Because yeah. she's Whitney Houston. See, Mikey, do you like musicals better when it's people like Whitney Houston singing and you're just like, this is the best this could be? No, no. I definitely toned out during this too. I was just trying to like okay. be nice with y'all. Right, cool. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. Anyway, it's intercutting with the other things that Courtney B. Vance had to do, like serve at a soup kitchen. But who cares? Because Whitney is singing. Like, right? we are not paying attention to anything but Whitney singing. So we cut to them coming home. And they're like, we've had a great night. And Henry is already home. And he's like, oh, you had a good time? Oh, you went to the place where we got, where we proposed? Like, it was a whole thing? Yeah, he's real upset by this. Oh, and he's like, oh, and you sang for him? And he's like, yeah, because I'm not going to sing at any Joe Hamilton church. And she walks up the stairs and you're just like, ooh. Yeah. Gauntlets ooh. are being thrown. <laughs> yes. And Courtney B. Vance is like, the fuck is wrong with you? I told you to take her out. I didn't mean like take her out. To like, and he's like, dude. You told me to take her out. <laughs> you told me to take her out. She's in a marriage by herself. Your son lost his best friend. Listen, what are you doing about it? Like they are hurting and you are not there for them. Yeah, you're going to like pray with people who are dying of cancer. Like, you're not there <laughs> for them. Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I get that he's doing like important work too. Like, but, but he also have needs to, to have time for his boundaries. family. Yes. I, I guess I relate to this. Uh, with the last year specifically, I have not had a lot of time for life stuff because I'm always mm. answering the phone or always going on calls. And if I had a family, I would assume that would have caused a big rift. But luckily, yeah. I'm going to die alone. So there you go. <laughs> Save some people the pain of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Gotta love that silver lining, Mikey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm an optimist, as they say. Mm -hmm. Mikey, we'll find you somebody. Anyway, so we cut to them making Christmas baskets. Yes. Like as a family, like almost everyone's yeah. there, I think. Right. And, and it reminded me of uh, there are companies, there's a bunch of companies that do this around the holidays where you pack up like, like self-care kits basically of like yeah. socks toothbrush toothpaste deodorant like whatever to to hand out or whatever so it seemed kind of like that and we cut to one of the things that denzel had said to him about the people he was trying to help he was like do you even believe that billy is innocent yeah which by the way i had forgotten that billy was a thing because that was yeah, almost was like 40 minutes billy? ago in this movie yeah. yeah yeah which is why i think you really only need that one plot line to show that he is a like good pastor like he's right. very passionate about his work well and so he goes to the courthouse prior to that trial yeah and is like just I need you to look me in the eye and tell me you didn't do it. They have like a conversation about like what he did over the past two years. And he's like been working on 
getting better and actually doing something with his life. And like, he talks to him about what hope is and how prayers are like hopes and stuff like that. So it is like, there's a lot of like good stuff in the scene. Like it makes me like Courtney, uh, Courtney B. Vance's character a lot, but he still is neglecting his family. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then he just walks into an active courtroom and is like, I know we're not litigating this case today, but I demand to speak. (laughs) And more or less, it is implied that he convinces that judge in between ruling on whatever court case she's supposed to be ruling on. She, he convinces her to drop Billy's charges. Right. He's about to go to like, I think it's federal court. Yeah. Because of the, uh, the cost of whatever the crime was. And in truth, now that I think about it, the DA is also there. Yes. Because the DA is uh, prosecuting that case too. So I bet he actually would have had to convince the DA to drop the right. charges. To drop the but charges. But either way, like it sort of yada yada is that because it cuts directly right, right. to them driving home and Billy's in the car. So obviously whatever he tried to do he, he he did it worked we don't have enough time to unpack all of this he just comes into the court and he's gone you know <laughs> right 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 i do love that like this is where they're like they don't need it we'll just skip to like they include everything else but this is the stuff we didn't need yeah so meanwhile while he's getting billy out dudley is ice skating with whitney and jeremiah and this is one of those scenes that's like clear chemistry between Whitney Houston and Denzel Washington. Yes. Like, yeah. And Courtney B. Vance is trying to get there, but he's stuck in traffic. Traffic that I think Denzel is causing. I think so, too, and I'll tell you why. This is a route that presumably... He's been traveling his entire life because he's lived there the, his entire life, right? right? And he's like, when did they add a... A stoplight here. Right? Yeah. So, like, he's magically adding stoplights. Like, he is definitely yeah. using his powers to woo Whitney Houston at this point. And Jeremiah has even started to notice it because you see him, like, sitting on the bench and he's kind of like, what is this? Yeah. Like, well, because they take Jeremiah to sit because his feet were hurting. Because right. Denzel Washington made his feet hurt yeah holy shit mikey denzel might have made his feet hurt that's so in my dark notes i just have is is mommy having the weirdest affair ever yes <laughs> but is it okay if you're impregnated by someone that is divine like that like an angel or not impregnated necessarily but like it happened to mary and she was already married to joseph i mean so we cut to Denzel and Whitney Houston and Jeremiah get home. Uh, and at, wi- at which point, this is an hour plus into the movie. Right. And we're still like, what's happening? Um, Courtney B. Vance gets home after. But before Courtney B. Vance gets home, Whitney Houston's mom is like, oh, I see what's happening. You go get grandma a glass of water. You go do something in the other room. My daughter and I need to fucking talk. Yes. And she says one of my favorite things ever, because Whitney Houston's like, I can go window shopping. And she's like, don't go window shopping with money in your pocket and don't put nothing in the layaway plan either. And I was like, that's a fantastic metaphor. I know. And I appreciate that very much. It was great. She dropped some very quick and swift knowledge and I was here for it. She yep. did. Uh, so Courtney B. Vance comes home. And he's like, traffic was terrible. I'm so sorry. We'll we'll go tomorrow. And he's like, but I got Billy out. And Whitney's just like, oh, that's great. That's amazing. And but then he hears what happened with them skating. So he takes Dudley into the office and the two of them like have it out where he's like, stay away from my wife. You've been taking her to lunch and to Jazzy's and skating. And he's like, well, you told me to take her to Jazzy's. And he's like, I'm not blind. I see how she looks at you. I see how you look at her. And he grabs the angel handbook and tosses it into the fire. And it just like explodes, basically. Yeah, it's like a white smoke. And then Denzel, when Courtney B. Vance says, 
what was that? And he goes, well, we don't have a new pope, so I think my book exploded or whatever. I thought that that was very funny because it was the white smoke that you would normally see above the Vatican. Well, and he's like, he looks up and he's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Like I didn't burn the handbook. Oh, yeah. I think he's a little afraid of what might happen. Yeah. I do think it's interesting that he is more concerned about losing the handbook than like hitting on and trying to seduce Whitney Houston. But like, I don't know what the rules are in heaven. So, yeah. So Whitney Houston comes in and is like, what is stop fighting? And he's like, I'm firing Dudley. She's like, no, you're not. You forgot what and just like slams the door, which is just weird. Yeah. She's like, you guys work this out. And then it closes the door and leaves. Yeah. Figure this out. Dudley is like, St. Matt's isn't just a church. Without that church, the neighborhood around it will fall and she will never look at you the same. Yeah. Because she trusted you with that, which I'm going to say is a lot to put on one person. But, you know, that's what the movie is saying is happening. Yes. So he comes downstairs because he's going to leave and Jennifer Lewis is like, walk across the street from me. And he's like, no, I haven't. She's like, walk across the street. (laughs) (laughs) But this is where she's like, my daughter is married and you are interfering. And if I need to, I will conveniently have a hip injury and stay to the year 2000 if possible. (laughs) Yeah. I do think it's interesting that she is essentially giving him a similar speech that she got Right. About, you know, staying out of other people's businesses. Yep. But, mm-hmm. I, and I think she deserved hearing that on some level. And I think he deserved hearing that on some level. I just thought Absolutely. it was cool that she gets that message and also gives that message in the same movie. Well, and because he says, I'm sure she'll forget me when I leave. And she says, she'll forget herself if you don't stop. Yep. Oh, which uh-oh. is true. Like, he will cease to be in anyone's memory except for Jeremiah's because I guess that's the gift he's giving Jeremiah, which is just the gift of having no one believe you. You will always know when I came (laughs) upon your family and (laughs) fucked your mother. I think there's an explanation for that, and that is, I believe the children are future. (laughs) Teach them well and let them lead the the way. way. Yeah, (laughs) I think that's maybe why. Um, I, okay, I have a question about this then. Uh-huh. Everything that Whitney Houston and Dudley do together, everything they do. Mm-hmm. Hand stuff, mouth stuff. Was, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean like the ice skating, the shopping, all that stuff, right? Sure. I, I'm trying uh-huh. to ask like, a serious question. Um, does she think that her husband did that? Like, is that how she remembers it? You can't unpack this because I had the same problem with the new Spider-Man movie when everyone forgot Peter Parker. Oh, yeah. Oh, that made me so sad. It just seemed weird. And I honestly wish they had set it up that that is how it went down. Because then I would have felt a little bit better about there being like some romance between Denzel and Whitney Houston. Because in my mind, I could say, well, okay, she's going to remember this as that is a very attentive version of her husband Mm. which is what i think she needs right right to feel connected into this relationship again but it's not and i don't know that that's right she may just remember doing those things by herself that was my interpretation of it is that she remembers doing them by herself which makes as much sense with the information we're given i'm just saying it would be nice if what we're actually watching instead of whitney houston and denzel washington an angel have an emotional affair it would be nice if i could say oh he is just her husband like he is a stand-in of her husband right and when he's gone they can come together again and that they're gonna have that spark again and then we never I mean, get the that. problem with the problem with that though is that her husband can't be in two places at once and in many cases 
we know her husband was in other places while she was doing those things. I mean, that is true, but it would only be in her memory. Like, I don't think he's going to get charged with like a murder no, she, or she whatever. Did by herself, like, by herself. No, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. But like, you know, when it's like, oh, you got Billy out. It's like some of that stuff. It's like that only happens if he wasn't with her. I mean, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. So in my interpretation, it was she was just alone anyway. So he does hold the mom's hand. And so I think the mom gets a vibe of like, what are you? But like, doesn't say anything. No, because she's still very much in the get the hell away from my family. (laughs) Like that is her energy, even though they do touch hands and she acknowledges it. Right, right. Uh, But I do love that she walks in the house. She's like, did I tell you I quit smoking? Meanwhile, she was smoking literally right outside. Oh, I thought that that was because she actually did quit smoking because when he touched her hand, he like reprogrammed her brain or whatever to not be a smoker. So like, it's interesting that you didn't see it that way. Cause I don't know that mm. I'm right at all. I did not see it that way. I don't remember if she smokes in the rest of the movie. Me either. So I, I couldn't refute that or, or confirm sure, it. I'm, I don't I'm know. not sure it really matters, but like, yeah, that'd be fun though. Which is why when you cut quickly between scene to scene like this, it's hard to tell things of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> right. And also the magical realism of this movie is sort of all over the map. So like, it's hard to know exactly yeah. what's, I I thought she was just full of shit. (laughs) Well, listen, Paige, if a friend I had known that had smoked as long as I'd known them came over and said that to me, like after having just put out a cigarette, I would laugh. Like, that's funny. So, like, I understand why you would think that that's just her making a joke. Right, right, right. But that also means that her friend who opened the door is an awesome friend because she immediately, like, yes ands it. Like, oh, that's great. Congratulations. (laughs) Like, I love that reading of it. Anyway... Dudley walks and ends up sitting alone in the church. Meanwhile, yeah. Henry and Julia, uh, Courtney B. Vance and Whitney Houston, uh, are driving to drop off the the Christmas baskets. And they are actually, like, they're kind of arguing in the car, but they get out to drop off this one basket. And Dudley makes Denzel Washington, no, I'm sorry, Dudley makes Courtney B. Vance slip on the walkway. And for a hot second, I was like, is he trying to murder him? Is this about to be a murder? Like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, but then he makes Whitney Houston slip. So they kind of like tumble into the snow together and they're laughing together. Yeah, because they're thinking like, obviously, we're going to sue this homeowner. So if we both of hurt course. ourselves, quote unquote, then we can save the church and the boiler. Uh, but what ends up is they get back into the car and they're kind of laughing and reminiscing and they tell a, a pretty wild yo mama, fat phobic yo mama joke. Yeah. Uh, but. I do love it. Like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes jokes are really good and funny. And in this case, it was, it was your your mom is so fat. When policemen saw your mama, they'd say break it up, as if it was multiple people. Oh man! <laughs> oh, the roast comedian inside me loves that one. I also love the combination <laughs> of like profiling and a yo mama joke in one. Yes, thing. that it's both. Yes, that I like that it's both. both. I loved it. I thought it was very good. Uh, I mean, still fat phobic. Don't get me wrong. Right. However, I mean, it's still a yo mama so fat joke, right? Like, absolutely. Anyway, so he's like, it's good to see you laugh again. And she's like, it's nice to have a reason to laugh. I, I wish this version of you would show up more often is what she says. Yeah. So she go, we, they get to the house. She goes inside. He goes to look at the boiler and he sees the new boiler and walks in and sees everyone kind of prepping the church for the next day now the next day i believe or the day after they're supposed to be televising a sermon which they literally only talk about for like two seconds before it's like a major plot point right but 
He then goes to talk to Mr. Hamilton. And he's like, I have reconsidered. I don't want the job. I can't leave my people. Which I do want to point out is almost immediately after he sees that choice new boiler installed. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't for a second believe he actually was just conning him this movie. I think he had, had a legit change of heart, but it still made me laugh. It is very because funny. Because I'm a cynical, terrible person. I don't think Courtney B. Vance's character is any of those things. For sure. Yeah. But essentially, what we find out is that Hamilton bought the mortgage on the church and he's going to tear it down regardless. Yeah, which is such a dick move. It is like the biggest dick of moves. Yeah, like I, I do sort of love that he was going to do all of the most evil shit, but like not tell anybody about it. He had like this right. whole plan in place to where he got to feel like a great guy. But ultimately yep. his entire plan this entire time is to destroy that community. Right. And with the support of the people doing it. And his whole thing was, yeah. I care about the things that you care about. And so as Courtney B. Vance is leaving, he's like, do you still think you care about the things we care about? Ooh, and he does sort like, of invite him to church on to, to that, to that church does. sermon. And he's like, I don't think because I don't think you do care about the things we care about. I want you to come see right. what we care about. Right. I really right, I right. really like that he does that and invites him to come. So we cut back to the house where they're putting Jeremiah in costume and having him rehearse his lines for the play because one of the other shepherds got sick. So he has to step in and be a shepherd because with every single Christmas pageant, someone gets sick. It happens every time. <laughs> I got chicken pox at a Christmas concert. Did you? One yep. time a girl uh, on the choir risers in front of me threw up in the oh. middle of the presentation like in the middle of the performance and they had to pull her off stage and then but then like they couldn't put anything over the barf so it kind of just like sat there as we finished the songs and then we had to leave and then then somebody put kitty litter over it uh Gross. but also i feel like i have gotten a handful of parts in christmas pageants because other people got sick that's fair yeah <laughs> Like, you know, just benefiting off of the flu. Yeah. So what you're saying is you never had to booby trap a wet yourself doll so that you got to step out and steal the show. I'm not saying Whitney Houston is a monster in this movie, but She's I'm saying not. that she planned this so that she could steal the spotlight later on. Honestly, we're better for it because <laughs> if you had a choice of like, do you want to hear this random child sing or do you want to hear the glorious tones of Whitney Houston? You would pick Whitney Houston every time, especially because it's who could imagine a king, right? Which like, is one of her Christmas anthem. Like, the only way it would have been better is if it was her singing Do You Hear What I Hear, right? which I don't know why we didn't use that instead. <laughs> the, the thing that bothers me most about this movie, I think, is that this church was not the wealthiest church on the joint because it's packed every Sunday because Whitney Houston sings every Sunday. Right. Like, right. what are we talking about? This woman's insanely talented. I mean, I, I went to a church as a child with many, many insanely talented people, and it does bring people in, but mostly around holidays. Like, that's, sure. that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I can like, see that. You know. And that is sort of the vibe here because a lot of people show up around this uh, this one Christmas sermon or the Christmas, right? You know, thing service service. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so they're getting they're prepping Jeremiah for the play, and they're like, by the way, there'll be somebody in the audience watching your play. It's Hakeem because he's going to stay through the new year. Which my thing is, at no point did they show them working on this. Like, no, we have no idea how this happens. Well, and you know what would have been nice. 
to see a conversation between the two of the married people in this movie yeah. that mm-hmm. didn't end in a fight. Like them having like a, hey, you know what I think we really should do for our son? Woman right. that I love most in the world. Right. Who's going <laughs> to have to provide a lot of the caretaking for right. this new child. Right. Yeah. I mean, yes. I wasn't even thinking about it from that aspect where he's asking her to do a lot more work around the house than he is willing to take on by doing this. They're like right? two cats. They play together. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I'm sure that's not true. But he's like, it could have been a sweet moment where they came together and decided to do something sweet for their child. Right. And we don't even get that scene. Or he he sees that his child is hurting. Yeah. And he's like, I need to do something. And then brings yeah. her in on it and is like, there's a possibility that this could happen. Right. Do I have your buy-in, basically? And for her to be like, yes, thank you for doing this for me. Anyway, so, so Hakeem is going to be there. And he, you know, takes him up to show him the siren and the ambulance and they go to tuck them in and they have them close the door because they don't need Whitney Houston to sing. They've got friends. It'll be fine. Yeah. We cut to Courtney B. Vance is writing his sermon for Christmas and it's basically him being like, hey, they're going to tear the church down. Yeah. And Whitney Houston's like hot chocolate. And he's like, no, I just have to have a depression walk. And he just like, (laughs) he shuts her out again. He's just kind of constantly shutting her out. Yeah. Um, But we cut to the fancy house where Dudley has showed up to talk to uh, Hamilton and he comes in and he's playing, he's playing, I believe in you and me. And then he stands up and the piano keeps playing. Yeah. That's him to be like, I'm an angel. And he basically is, and we have almost like a Scrooge and Marley moment here right? where he's just like, what? And he's like, you won't remember who I am tomorrow, but look at the real price before you close the deal. Basically like, look at how many people you're hurting before you proceed on your plan, which also it implies that they're building a lot of stuff, not on top of this area because he says my people can't afford to come up right here to it go does to church. imply that it's a little further away right so there's part of me that's like he could still do most of his plan and not fuck these people over he's just like seeing it as a means to an end i guess i don't know i'm not 100 sure but here's something that i wanted that i think is sort of related i wanted because we see joe the developer go to the church service and is moved right. and is like yeah. We can work out the mortgage thing, whatever. Like, because we get that, I wanted to see, like, a he changed what he wanted to do with his development in the first place and Mm. wanted to just revitalize that area in a way that was sustainable for the people already living in it. Right. We don't get that, but I think that would have been a cool turn, too, just to kind of show the preacher's impact with that. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the next day at the Christmas service that he is attending, the kids pageant is going on and Joseph and Mary are late for their queue because always, because getting children to do their cues on time is a Herculean task. <laughs> so, but at this point <laughs> I do have in my notes, how many children's performances have we sat through in this movie? And it's like four yeah, at this point. So many. There's a lot. It's, it's a lot. This movie feels like going to church on Christmas Eve when you just want to go home and like have Christmas time with your family. Yeah. Uh, we didn't usually go on Christmas. Christmas Eve. I mean, there's usually like a Christmas pageant kind of thing. The church we went to when I was in high school had live animals for the pageant on stage. Uh, you went to a petting zoo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, listen, that would get me to go. I'd be like, hell right? yeah, I get to pet a sheep. It can't be that bad. Especially after my sister and her friends went one year and a donkey took a shit on stage in the middle of a solo what? and then the soloist, the soloist what? stepped in it. Oh, no. 
and kept singing. <laughs> <laughs> That's dedication right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It did alter the note a little bit where he was like, and worship him. <laughs> he was like, oh, no. Um, after that, all the animals had to wear diapers, which was still funny because occasionally <laughs> a donkey or somebody would get ornery and just like kick a piece of the set. <laughs> so we would, we would go specifically to be like, what are the animals going to do this? year and then one year i went and we were sitting in the overflow where like if if the actual like main room is too full there's like a second room that sure. shows it on the monitor yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah yeah and there was a woman sitting across the aisle from me and i'm like 17 at the time and she has her like toddler like two-year-old sitting on her lap facing her and her toddler's like playing with her hair and like holding onto her shirt sure and sneezes directly into her mom's face. And because she's because she's holding her, she can't block it, she can't wipe it, she can't prepare for it. So I just watched a woman see a child start to sneeze and then go like, ah, and just have to brace herself for it as it hit her full speed in the face. Christmas pageants are fun, man. Yeah, I mean, it's always I love a good, a good Christmas pageant. <laughs> I mean, I don't believe in any of that stuff, but like, if I ever got a chance to and I was in the area to go see the Hilkamora pageant again, you better believe I'm going to see that shit. So the, the church we went to had like a, a huge theater department where they would do community theater as well. And it wasn't like it wasn't only church people. It was like community wise. If you wanted to audition, anybody could audition or whatever. And so they let one of those guys write the Christmas pageant one year. And it was off the rails bonkers bad <laughs> like it was just <laughs> like it, it was clearly him writing a vehicle for him to be awesome but it was like so this is where we go into the swing era portion and then we've got the sleigh on stage with <laughs> this like huge massive craziness and they're like you have to put part of the bible part in he's like fine it's the second act Paige, have you ever heard of the hill Kimura pageant though no no this is a lds thing what i've heard of there's an easter one that lds does that's like a huge deal is this the same people i don't know if it's the same group that does it i mean the hill okay. pageant's been going on since like the 1930s and it still mm -hmm. is the america's largest outdoor theatrical event oh my god <laughs> That's the new worst sentence I've ever heard. Oh, Mikey. But it's like. I bet it's bonkers. Oh, yeah. Because it's all about like Joseph Smith and like the Nephites and the Lamanites oh, and all of no. like the Mormon mythology that like. It's like if LRH had been born a hundred years earlier, right? Oh, and I would love to see an LRH crazy pageant. But like, Paige, you have the, no idea. The stage is this huge hill, right? And they're just at right. the top of it acting and you are down the hill watching it. So it's like insanely, everything's huge. It's amazing. To give you a, a little bit of an idea of how big our, our church's theater program was, was one time I was in Singing in the Rain and not only did they teach 80 of us how to tap dance, but Good Lord. in the center of the stage, they built a small version of uh, Grauman's Chinese theater oh. and it spun so that one side was the Chinese theater and the other side was the inside of Gene Kelly's character's house. <laughs> and so it would rotate based on sets. And then when they did beauty and the beast, they did it so that one side was the library and the other side was like the outside of the castle, yeah. like the balcony castle. Yeah. And then that year they decided to do wire work so that they could like raise the beast 
within the thing and he could change and they could do pyrotechnics and then he would drop down and be out of the beast costume they're pretty like they don't do it as much anymore but back in the day they that went sounds hard. insane <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i just looked it up the Hilkamora pageant features a 10 level stage 50 foot light towers brilliant costumes and music recorded by the mormon tabernacle choir oh mormon tab though like that's the thing we're like <laughs> Like we were not Mormon, not huge fans of Mormons in general, but at Christmas, like when Mormon tab comes on, people are like, okay, but this Christmas album fucking slaps. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. Like the Mormon tab the and Mormon, choir is amazing. Yeah. They are amazing. Yeah. Anyway, back to this Christmas pageant. That's not nearly as good, but does have Whitney Houston because <laughs> the kids come out and as the pageant's going on, she's saying goodbye to Denzel Washington or he comes to say goodbye to her. Yes. But this is where she's definitely like, don't leave. Don't we have like a thing going on? And he's like, I must go. Okay. I have a very strange question. Does he even have mm. the ability to dick her down if they wanted to take it there? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, we do see him like he really wanted that pizza. He really wanted that hot dog, right? So it's and clear. And he was able to eat them, yeah. Yes. And it's clear that he like missed things from being alive. Is this the one of them? The man is from the Roaring Twenties. He can dick down. Do you think do you think it's warm like his hands? Yeah. You'd be like, you feel God? <laughs> oh no, no. I'm sad I asked. I take it back. Uh, I wish I had time to edit this episode, but I'm have to leave all of that uh, in. So yeah, no uh, cuts. What are you talking about? That's a line that I use in my everyday life. Oh no. Dude, you should at least say demigod and be more honest. But I'm not Demi. I'm all the way. He's more. He's more than Demi. No. Oh, I thought you said Simi. I'm sorry. <laughs> so they get interrupted by Mary from the pageant <laughs> because they used a baby doll that pees. Now, the amount of liquid that is on her when she lifts that doll up is like four dolls worth of water. Yes. Someone dropped a pitcher in her lap. Yes. That person was Denzel Washington. <laughs> We're talking about the girl, not Whitney Houston. Mikey. Yep. But also <laughs> Mikey has backed away and put his blanket over his face. Mikey is fully in shame. <sighs> shame there's almost always for like every preschool pageant, there's like one kid who pees themselves every year. I there's always like a kid who pees themselves. Not to tell anyone I said that. <laughs> but then also there's always a, a girl who gets nervous on stage. And lifts her skirt to like hide her face. Yes. And thankfully, usually has tights on or whatever. But like, you all, anytime you go to a children's pageant, I'm looking for those two things. <laughs> that, or someone who starts crying because of stage fright because they're children and being yes. in front of people is frightening. Like that video of that little girl dressed as a bear and she's like crying, but she's still doing the dance perfectly. <laughs> That's my favorite. That is my favorite. Welcome to real life. <laughs> yeah, welcome to show business. It's a lot of tears. You better get fucking used to it. Anyway, so Mary walks off. Whitney Houston takes the baby and goes and sits in her place and sings Who Could Imagine a King? It is amazing. Dude, if I was that kid, the I'd boy who's doing the solo next to Whitney Houston, I'd be like, okay, this is unfair. Like, you're going to match my voice against yours. That's a dick move. Oh, think about the parents. Like, she's going to come out and upstage all of our children? Come well, on. Well, I mean, she absolutely did sabotage that doll right before this whole televised 
event diva. took place. Yeah. She is a diva. <laughs> she also did kiss Denzel on the cheek, which is Mm-hmm. That is true. And it was like borderline. It might have been half of his mouth, part mm-hmm. of the cheek, you know? It was like yeah, close yeah, to yeah. the lips. It was close. But also, I feel like if you're the kid who's being upstaged, your only option is to go full sister act to Oh Happy Day and and just like, Oh Happy Day. Just like hit the note she can't hit because you're a kid. Just do it. Yeah, because you don't have a baritone voice, you're only falsetto still. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, oh, you're a first soprano. Try being a half soprano. <laughs> <laughs> because you're, as Meg Ryan says in Sleepless in Seattle, still a falsetto child. Yes, a falsetto child. <laughs> anyway, she sings and it's amazing. He gets up to give a sermon. He immediately goes off script and is like, help me save the church. And people are like, yeah, it's a great sermon. Like, and everyone's getting into it. They're like, they're doing a very like and response type vibe which i super dig and it's great i love it yeah and you really see joe the developer getting into it and he's like he's buying it he's like eating it up you he he does and he also turns and gives part of this the sermon to whitney houston specifically of like i love you and in love there's also forgiveness and we need to rebuild and you're just like oh okay. this is like the one part of the movie that like even seems like they love each other at all on some level and i i'm yes. glad it's here but i feel like we needed more of this you know yes. yes well and then she gets up to sing again and it's joy to the world and it's amazing of and this arrangement we definitely did this arrangement in in church for sure uh but also it's one of the things that gets the uh this particular song is one of the ones that gets them nominated because this uh album i believe is nominated for an oscar even though the movie is not the soundtrack is uh so Meanwhile, Dudley is around their house and he's like picturing himself in their wedding photos, which is still kind of creepy. Right? Yeah. Uh, then, meanwhile, back at church, Lionel Richie shows up and it pops off. And Gregory Hines stands up. I was like, oh, is he going to be slayed in the spirit and dance? No. They don't let. And I'm like, he's one of the most famous dancers to ever walk the earth. You're not going to let him dance. Anyway, we cut to after the service where Saul is walking out and he's like, I'm planning on getting married in this church. And Loretta Devine is like, to who? And he's like, who you think? Quit your job. And she's just like, I'm going to have to pray on it. And then they walk away. I do like how she's like, wait, who are you getting married to? And he's like, you, you dummy. Like, it just seems <laughs> like it's like that energy. Like, it seems like. But again, it's been a week. It's been one week. I think we it's, need to talk about it. I think, I think they had an existing relationship that we did not see outside of this week. Because they've been going to the same church for a long time. And there was like another scene where there was like a very playful flirtation, but it seemed like it was super early on in a like relationship or they hadn't even started dating yet, like that early right, on. Right, right, And now he's like getting married to her. Like and it's not even a week later. It seemed like it was fast. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. So as they're leaving, Gregory Hines comes up and he's like, we'll figure out the mortgage. Like, don't worry about it. Keep the boiler, whatever. Yeah. So then we realize that they don't remember Dudley at all. And like he he like comes up to them and they're like, OK, nice. Who are you? Well, he just says is great sermon, Pastor. Thank you. And he's like, oh, yeah. thank you so much. You know, and as they start walking away, Whitney's like, who is that? Yeah. She's like. I have a tingle. <laughs> Who is that hot, hot, hot man? 
And the preacher's like, I don't know, I must be new to the area or whatever. So it like clearly is they don't know who it is anymore. Right. And we get the voiceover from Jeremiah that's like, I was the only one who remembered he who he was. And that's how I got a brother. And you're like, wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> because it is revealed that Hakeem does get to live with them forever instead right. of just like tell New Year's and we'll see. Right. And across the street from his grandmother, which yeah. is nice. So it's, it's perfect. It's, it really is. Like It's I, a good situation. Yeah. yeah. I love the way that. That ends for Jeremiah. <laughs> right. And Dudley walks away. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about The Preacher's Wife? F- I-, I needed fewer plots, more singing, and I needed the angel plot to be focused around making Courtney B. Vance and Whitney Houston fall back in love. Yes. That's what I want. Right. I do feel like we're watching a movie that is essentially about an angel coming to Earth and helping speed up a breakup and (laughs) then leaving. Which, honestly... I'd watch that. Like, I'd watch it if he took it further, where he's like, girl, I'm here to break you up. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is bad. This is this relationship is bad news bears, and I'm here to break it up. We don't really get any romance stuff between the husband and wife that are still together at the end of this movie, and I think the movie wants us to want to be together. Right. But there is just no romance. Like, all of Whitney Houston's problems with the marriage, with the marriage, not the fact that he's going to, like, let the church go. I mean, like, the actual problems in the marriage like there being no spark right like he's not very kind to her all the time he works all the time none of that has been solved at the end of this movie right so she is essentially at the end of this movie just in the same place at which she started which is in an unhappy marriage and that makes me sad right yeah but i would watch this movie again because whitney houston is so amazing she's a great singer and i just love Seeing her sing on screen. I will just YouTube her performances. I mean, honestly, yeah. I think it's worth it for that. I do think Jeremiah is super cute. Everyone's really good in it. And if you're like a church lady person, I get why you love this kind of movie. Like, this is a movie that Natalie's parents would watch all the time. And probably do watch all the time. Because they're like church people who love this kind of stuff. I do have hardcore pageant nostalgia and, and it like makes me want to go see a Christmas pageant. <laughs> Honestly, I hadn't thought about that in years, Paige. But I do have so many like funny, fond memories from like not only viewing them, but actually being in them being as a in child. Them. Like, yep. man, mm-hmm. so I think I... I think you hit some pageant nostalgia in me too. <laughs> I didn't super like it. It's, a, it's like a shitty version of like nine other movies with angels that are romantic comedies. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, I think you mentioned one like, uh, what, what was it? City of Angels? You've got Mm -hmm. that one. You've got Angels in the Outfield. You've got Ghosts. Uh, So, like, yeah, I mean, you've got all those other romantic comedies about angels. Is Angels in the Outfield a romantic comedy? (laughs) I don't think so. Absolutely not. But it's a movie that exists for some reason. I mean, I know people play with balls in it, but. (laughs) 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 But, Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. I I have a fair amount of fun facts. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Angel fun fun facts. facts. In a 2013 interview, Penny Marshall, who directed this film, mentioned how she had to remove an extra from filming in the church due to the color of the extra sweater matching the choir's uniform. That extra turned out to be Melissa McCarthy. What? (laughs) 
Really? Yeah, they found out years later, which is pretty funny. That is awesome. Okay, cool. I love Penny Marshall too, man. She's she did so much like throughout her career, like oh, from yeah. the acting side and directing side. Like she she is just like a tour de force that no one really talks about. That is true. Uh, so Jennifer Lewis, who plays Whitney Houston's mother in the film, is only six years older than Whitney <laughs> Houston. Okay, she looks very young. Yeah, I was going to ask young. that because she does look super young. She does. Now, also, interestingly enough, both Whitney Houston and Jennifer Lewis were up for the role of Tina Turner in the movie What's Love Got to Do With It, which is a wild movie as well. Yeah. Uh, but Lewis ended up playing Tina Turner's mother in the film as well. <laughs> so she gets cast as people's mothers quite a bit, despite not being all that old. I mean, but she's great at it, though. So, like, I mean, I understand why she continues to get that kind of work. Yeah. Strong mom energy. But strong, sassy mom energy. Yes. And I love it. Yeah. Denzel Washington is a producer on this film and he actually would spend years getting it made. He spends over a year trying to convince Whitney Houston to take the role. Wow. So he originally, when he originally started production on this film or pre-production, I should say, he wanted Julia Roberts for that role. Oh, interesting. Okay. But after seeing Whitney Houston and a couple other things, he wanted her instead to, and then added all the songs. But she turned him down for a year until finally agreeing. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm glad she finally agreed, but like, that's wild. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, her real life mother, Sissy, has a role in the film. It's just oh, like really? one speaking part. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. She's one, of the, I, she's one of the choir members, I believe. I bet it's the lady who comes out and says, that's not the way we used to do it. And yes. Whitney Houston is like, calm down, mom. And I think so too. I couldn't. I couldn't find definitively who it was, but that's who I thought it was. I mean, I think it's a good. But I'm not 100. Right. I th I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, the film is nominated for an Oscar for best music uh, or original musical or comedy score in yeah. 1997, okay. but it does lose to the movie Emma. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, the soundtrack remains at number one for 26 weeks Oof. on the gospel chart. Does not surprise That's half me. a year. Yeah. Half a year. Yeah. So most of the church scenes were filmed at Trinity United Methodist Church in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, and they renovated the church to look more like a Baptist church. And after filming ended, they renovated it back to look more like a Methodist church. And in the film, one of the renovations that the church needed was a new boiler. But in real life, the real church did, in fact, need a new boiler. So as part of their agreement to shoot in the church, they paid for a new boiler. Oh, <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. So when Dudley visits Joe Hamilton's house and the piano plays, I believe in you and me, it's playing it in the key of E flat, which is not the key that Whitney Houston sings it in, but it's still pretty. But when Dudley walks away from the piano, the song keeps playing, but the the keys are wrong. Like it's not playing the right notes. So what you're visually seeing, is it in a different key? Yes. I believe it's visually in B, which is what she sings it in, but we're supposed to be hearing it in E because that's what's playing. That's super interesting. Like that's such a weird, yeah. I mean, I don't play piano, so I would never notice that, but I bet that really bothers piano players. Finally, the ice skating scene was actually filmed independent of the rest of principal photography in Portland, Maine at a place called Deering Oaks Park. They scouted the location because of the snow and ice pond in the park. However, when they went to go actually film there, Portland, Maine had an unusual winter heat wave and the ice and snow had melted. So they had to bring in artificial snow and an <laughs> artificial ice, ice rink 
anyway. Um, <laughs> but even then, they couldn't keep it frozen. So the actors ended up skating on ice that kept turning to slush from melting. And that's why you see them fall a bunch as they're skating and it's not super smooth because they couldn't actually keep the ice frozen the entire time. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So what do you think the budget was for The Preacher's Wife in 1996 when it came out? I'm going to say $10 million. Okay. I'm going to say eight. All right. I don't know how to break it to you. You are so wrong. It was $60 million. Oh, Holy shit, Todd. What are you saying? Denzel Washington laundried money with this movie? (laughs) Yes, again, Mikey. He laundried money with this movie. Yes. No, I bet bet a lot of that goes to Whitney Houston, for sure. Probably. Um, It is not on the screen. This this does not look like a $60 million movie. Some money got laundried somewhere in there. Right. Anyway. Uh, and I I actually also know what they spent on marketing for this movie. It was $15 million. So I can tell it was total end-to-end, which we almost never get out of budgets, right? We can tell you that this movie cost $75 million to make and market. There's okay. no special effects at all. No. But if you adjust that $75 million to today's dollars... That is $142 million. That's like a low-level Marvel movie. It know? is. I should say to make and market <laughs> this movie. Because if it's just so the actual crazy. box office, that was just $60 million, right? But, okay, it came out on December 13th, 1996. It was number four in the theaters the week it came out. It was beat by Jerry Maguire at number one. Oh. Mars Attacks was number two. Yes. 101 Dalmatians was three. The live action one or the cartoon? It is the one with Glenn Close and Jeff Daniels. So it is the live oh, action Oh, wild. One. Okay, okay. Oh, the original animated was 1961, if you were wondering. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Preacher's Wife, of course, is number four. And then Daylight was number five. What do you think The Preacher's Wife, this $60 million budget movie, made in its opening weekend? It is Christmas. People see a lot more movies around Christmas than they do other times. Sure, sure. I'm going to say 18. Okay. I'm going to say 10. Mikey, you are closer. It was $7.6 million in its opening weekend. Yeah. So this movie remained in theaters, obviously, for a few more weeks. It was in theaters for 19 weeks total. So you could see it until like mid-April. But what do you think it brought in domestically in the box office? Oh, man. That's only like 50 million. Okay. So that's your guess, Paige. What do you think? Uh 45. You guys are on either side of it. It's $48.1 million domestically. It made 56 total worldwide because it brought in another 8.3 million worldwide to put it up at that 56. $0.4 $0.4 million, and if you adjust that for inflation, that's like $107 today. So, like, this, I think, sort of bombed. It cost them $60 million to make, 15 to market, and only brought in 56 What about home market? Uh, I don't have home market, so I bet it eventually mm. does make money. Oh, yeah. And TV, because this used to show on TV, too. Of course, of course. So I'm sure it does make money over time, but it wasn't that box office success. I'm sure... They were hoping for when they greenlit a $60 million budget. Good night. That is so much money. Oh my gosh. But that is your box office. Can we do, do you still think they're together? The couple? Yes. I hope so. I think he will have to learn to set work boundaries. Oh, I don't think he learned any of those lessons. You don't think he learned lessons? But they're still together? Yeah, that's a bummer. I mean, I would hope they were still happily together, but... 
it, it depends on him doing a lot of personal work and, and her doing some work on communication. Yes. It takes both sides. In the sequel, a demon comes down and fucks him. Oh. Or comes is up. that what that Lil Nas X music video is about? Yep. <laughs> I forgot Courtney B. Vance is in that music video. <laughs> He's not. I know. They had to recast because they didn't have $60 million. <laughs> <laughs> the reason it was $60 million, guys, I'm sick of you giving me shit about this, is because they had to go in and digitally add that mustache to Courtney B. Vance. Oh. <laughs> you wouldn't think so, but they did. <laughs> looks good for 90s. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It looks great, honestly. It's like when they went back and digitally added hair to, to Kevin Costner's hairline in the movie Waterworld. But anyway, I don't think they're still together because... I don't think Gary B. Vance's character learns anything. Gary? Courtney. <laughs> I don't think Courtney B. Vance's character learns anything he needs to learn to maintain a successful relationship with his bombshell, amazingly talented wife. Here's what I will say. I think that TV, like production that they do of that Christmas service makes their church famous because of Whitney Houston because she's amazing and that pulls them out of needing to do everything themselves and puts them in an easier financial position which eases some of their relationship struggles honestly I'd love that I would love that too. yeah Mikey do you want to hit him with that romance scale yeah the romance scale is a scale of one to ten of how romantic we found the film today page one Todd. It's a one for me. It's also a one for me. <laughs> and that's a romance scale. There you go. <laughs> and romance sound effects. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this week, Paige, you made us watch The Preacher's Wife. Mikey, what are you making us watch next week? The Princess Switch? No, I'm going to go classic with this. One okay. of my all-time okay. favorite Christmas films since we talked about it a lot. And it has an angel. Are we doing It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah, let's do oh it. Oh my God, I Mikey, that is perfect. I hate that movie. <laughs> that's why it'll be perfect. <laughs> Hates it. Natalie and I watched that every Christmas Eve, and we used to before COVID. Like the Franklin Theater would do like showings of it leading up to Christmas Eve, so we would go to the Franklin Theater, which is like an old school theater here in Franklin, and go I see love it. That. I'd get balcony tickets. Like it was so fun. It was like a, a very fun Christmas tradition we got to do for two years before COVID shut everything down. Mm. Well, awesome. So your homework is to ring every bell in your house while getting wine drunk, and then uh-huh. enjoy. Zuzu's Petals in It's a Wonderful Life. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yes. Single Starling. All right. Well, what does Single Starling have to say? Love. Love this podcast. Okay. Every nice. episode makes me laugh. Is that it? I've... Oh, <laughs> sorry. No. sorry. I try to, I try to like pause it where I think you guys are gonna talk, and I, it's fine. Whatever. Okay. I've discovered new movies to watch and love, and sometimes even hate watch. Perfect. You're welcome for three sixty five. Oh, see, I paused there and it worked. I have so many movies. I hope they eventually watch and discuss and listen every time there's a new episode. The fun facts and box office info are great. Oh, I thank Five you. Stars. Oh, thank you. I will admit sometimes I get fun fact envy because everyone loves the fun facts, but no one talks about if they like box office or not. Although I'll say this, fun facts is way cooler than box office. <laughs> <laughs> Only when I find weird shit like Melissa McCarthy got removed from the set of this film. But Paige, you'll like occasionally do like the smile fun facts where you also Google just fun facts about like teeth or whatever. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I got oh, real chaos energy. Episode sometimes yeah. <laughs> it was the teeth episode because i was just like fun facts about teeth and the internet was like they're in your mouth yeah. you chew food with them <laughs> so great <laughs> 
Anyway, Single Starling, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. Well, that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. <laughs> this bed's a rockin'. An angel's getting its wings. No. <laughs> oh, no. I don't getting like this at all. Getting his red wings. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just made Mikey very embarrassed. Bye. When you wish upon a ninja star nerds. When you wish a ninja, ninja star. star. <laughs> <laughs>